Hello, East Lansing and the greater mid-Michigan area. It's your favorite college sports talk radio show time. It's time for the Green and White Report. Thank you so much for being here. I'm your host, Brennan Shabath, along with my co-host, Zach Slowick, and Matt Merrifield and Liam Jackson are here. Guys, we are feeling absolutely fantastic today. There are no... Um, regrets about last night so to speak i think we all had a relatively chill saturday night we got to enjoy another michigan state football win liam we'll start with you how are you feeling this sunday morning i'm feeling good um i'm excited about the direction msu sports in general is heading um over this past weekend also excited about the work uh, Impact has done this weekend. I feel like we, we killed it this weekend. Honestly, we have done some fantastic stuff. I was bragging to a friend last night uh, while I was getting prepared for the show, and I was showing her our Twitter and our Instagram, and I was like, dude, we are killing it lately. I'm so proud of everybody that works here. It's been fantastic. Matt, you're part of that. You're calling the women's basketball game today on these airwaves at 3 o'clock. Are you excited for that? I'm very excited. little short notice. Found out yesterday while I was enjoying my Saturday night that we would be going live this afternoon, but... It's college radio. We're going to roll with it. That's a part of it, man, and we appreciate you uh, you doing the work. And Slowick, how about you? How was your Saturday? Not too bad. Called a Michigan State win. It was always nice um, being out in the air for a win. Uh, makes it a little bit more enjoyable after the fact, being obviously a student. Campus is more smiling faces and less angry people when Michigan State finds a way to win. But And then I'm board hopping today, so the, the, off action-packed weekend for me here at Impact 89 FM. Absolutely, and that's a great segue into our first segment. Obviously, we're going to talk about Michigan State football. We've got a lot of great stuff in the show for you today. I'm very excited. We'll do a little bit of a a sneak peek at the CFB and what else happened around the country. We have the MSU Sports Extravaganza segment that Liam talked about. This was a big weekend for Michigan State sports. Almost went almost undefeated, one point away on the aircraft carrier from being undefeated this week in all the sports. Um, then we've got our pick em, obviously. And then Gambling Corner, everybody's favorite segment, courtesy of the godfather, Matt Merrifield, from last year with our with our former host, Luke Sloan and Trent Valley. Shout out to those two. Gambling Corner makes its return to the Green and White Report airwaves coming up at 1237. And then we'll finish the show with everybody's favorite in or out. But with that, let's get started with the game from yesterday. Michigan State beats Rutgers 27-21. to in the woodshed, it was really not that close. 27-14 until Rutgers scores with under a minute left. Uh, only chance they had left was an onside kick. That didn't work, and then Greg Schiano got a little cheap and tried to steal the final kneel down, which was just so strange. That was really weird. Um, but So this is another win for Michigan State. They're now one away from bowl eligibility. They sit at 5-5 five and five on the season. The thing I want to talk about in this win, though, is this is a game that Michigan State was supposed to win, and they did. So congratulations. Kudos. Uh, They beat Rutgers by six. Rutgers is better this year than they have been in years past. Uh, They've got four Big Ten wins, so they are are, are four wins on the season. One Big big, Ten win. One Big Ten win, four wins. Um, But they have improved, I feel like. Um, But this, to me, was a game that Michigan State won by a score. They won by six. Probably could have won by 16, 26, 36, even if they wanted to. And I think the reason they don't, is because of the quarterback play. And that's what I want to talk about with this game. I want to talk about Peyton Thorne. He was 19 of 35, 250 yards and two touchdowns. No interceptions. Serviceable game. But at this point through the season, 
There's two games left, Indiana and Penn State. And my immediate thought while watching this game yesterday live is around the third quarter and um, Peyton Thorne had, I believe it was Daniel Barker, Tyler Hunt, wide open um, on a third and medium, third and six or whatever, or on second down, sorry. Um, completely missed the throw. Missed the throw. Would have been a first down for Michigan State. Horrid throw. Misses it. They don't convert on third down because they have to throw a deep ball that's covered to Tyler Hunt, and then they turn the ball over. And then they're only up a touchdown at the time because Rutgers had just scored to make it 21-14. So then they give the ball back, um, and that puts Rutgers in a position to come down and tie the game. Ultimately, it worked out for Michigan State in the end, but I felt watching this game, the reason I think Michigan State could have won by 16 or 26 or 36 and didn't is because of the way Peyton Thorne played. And I, I think he, this was, I, I don't want to say one of his worst games. He's had very bad games this season, um, but it was not, definitely not his best. And I can't help but think, as I'm watching this, I'm curious what his numbers look like through 10 games this season, once this game is over, compared to through 10 games last year. And obviously we're not comparing apples to apples. We're looking at the same numbers, but... Kenneth Walker and the O-line and the receiving core. You can make arguments for both sides that Peyton Thorne had a better and different team last year. I'd argue that the receiving core this year is better than the receiving core last year. And I don't think that's a question. I think that's just a, a varied yeah. fact statement. Yeah, I, that think, I think the wide receivers and tight ends this year are much better than last year. When I look at athletes, and I judge athletes, both professionally and collegiately, the thing that I'm focused on is are you improving from year to year? That's one thing you always talk about, especially in college, when you look at players they have returning. Take Michigan State basketball, for example. Okay, Jay Nakins is coming back. He's going to be better. Tyson Walker got better in the offseason. A.J. Hogarth, blah, 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 blah. Jaden Reed, we talk about. Jaden Reed should be better this year than he was last year. That's kind of close to say. I think Keon Coleman is better than Jalen Naylor was last year. I think Trey Mosley has gotten better. I think the tight ends have gotten better. And with that, the guy who hasn't gotten better is Peyton Thorne. Now, obviously, he doesn't have the best running back in the country behind him to play fake to and scare defenses when they load the box. That's obviously a little different. But when you look at his stats through 10 games this year compared to 10 games last year, it's startling the difference. We'll start with the yards. He's got... 600 less yards almost through 10 games this season than last year. Seven less touchdowns, one more interception, and his QBR has dropped 90 points in 10 games from last season. And his completion percentage both sitting at mid-60% through 10 games last year and through this year. Which leads me to my question when you take in all of this and you take in the 5-5 five and five record, record and the disappointment that this season has been up until this point with two games left where they have their destiny in front of them. We'll get into this next question, the confidence level that we have in this team to get to six wins and not choke away bowl eligibility. Um, But, Liam, I want to start with you. A through F, what grade do you give Peyton Thorne this year? Um, I'll give him a C at this point in the season. It would have been lower if he didn't um, play the way he played against Illinois, and now he has this team in a position to get to six wins, which – Obviously, you have to reset your expectations as the season goes on. This isn't where they want it to be. But um, this is a team that could have been 
could have truly spiraled. We talk about it we, um, after that Michigan game, and he's been not as great as, but he's won two games in a row now since then and um, will most likely lead a favored Michigan State team next week against Indiana. And um, so I'll give him a C uh, just because he's kind of anchored that offense a little bit. Hasn't He hasn't hurt them horribly. Um, and against Illinois, he really, he really kind of he helped them win that game for sure. And yesterday he did enough. So I'll give him a C. Uh, I, I'm going to go B minus. Um, wow. I think, I think last year he was like an A minus quarterback and you can look at the stats and say he's, he's not producing the same way he's produ- he produced last year. Jay Johnson's playbook relies so heavily on play action passing. When you can't establish a run game, Thorne can't do anything with a play action pass. The offensive line was better last year. Obviously, Kenneth Walker is better than probably all three backs in Michigan State combined. Um, was the offensive line better last year? Definitely, though? I, I think so. At least Kenneth Walker made them look a lot better because when that's you can though, I yeah, mean, that's and, all him. And if you can, he's a yards after contact guy, make you miss kind of guy. And the last two weeks, the offensive line has looked much better, just creating holes because the backs the team has this year in. Berger, Broussard, Collins, they all just like to drop their head and run as hard as they can where the hole's supposed to be. So when the hole's not there, they don't... Broussard, I guess, is the biggest one where he can cut a little bit more because Collins wants to run through people. Berger wants to just run as fast as he can and not get touched. But Broussard can cut a little bit. Both running backs had almost 80 yards. Uh, Broussard broke 80 last night, and or I guess yesterday in the afternoon, and Berger had 78. So if you have two backs... At 80, you don't need to have a massive game. And then Elijah Collins had three catches for 25. So, But the thing that I actually liked last night or yesterday in the game, something we haven't seen Peyton Thornton do in his time here, he he actually got rid of the ball when he was in trouble. He didn't take sacks. He didn't throw into double coverage. He didn't throw any unforced balls. He did throw a lot of balls high. Keon Coleman, and those are balls that Keon Coleman, normally if he's set, can go up and get. But Thorne has been trying to hit receivers on breaks. And if you're trying to hit somebody while they're breaking and they haven't even looked back for the ball yet, you got to put it on their numbers because they can't break and go up for the ball at the same time. So I think B minus. I don't think he's anywhere near the bottom of the quarterbacks in the Big Ten. I think he's somewhere in the middle. Obviously, guys like Stroud, um, I probably put I put McCarthy or JJ over him. Um and there's some guys, but I think I still think he's a top five quarterback in the Big Ten. Um, maybe Talia Tungavailoa, but I I don't really have an issue with him this year. I think he's made some bad decisions, and when he doesn't have time, he doesn't go through his progressions. But I don't know how much you can put on him for not going through progressions when you're getting hit as soon as you take the snap. So I'll go B minus on that one. Um, I agree with Liam. I'd have to go. I'd give him a C. I think right now he's shown flashes this year. Like the game that stands out to me is the Washington game. That was an absolute gong show for the entire team, but he still battled. He think he finished like he had like 30 completions, threw for over 300 yards, did a couple touchdowns. Like for as under pressure as he was, he played very well. But it seems like in the last month or so, the only throw he can make is a 30-yard over-the-top pass to, uh, to Keon or Jaden Reed. Uh, the underneath stuff yesterday – some of those passes, like on the opening drive, Very down, bad. you have to make those throws. Like as a Big Ten quarterback, there's no excuse. I get every once in a while it happens, but not th- right now, 
Jay Johnson refuses to run underneath passes, and part of it might be because Peyton Thorne just can't make those throws. So I, I don't know. The, the offense and the play calling, I don't love it. I haven't loved it all year. I think we've been complaining about it since September. I just, I, I don't know. There's, there's a lot. I don't put it all on Peyton because I think that, you know, the O-line pass pro has been terrible this year. Uh, the O-line just in general hasn't been very good up until the last two weeks. I don't know. Um, I, I, he is, he, he's playing average this year because he's done a lot to show himself, but at the same time, you're a senior or you're a junior now. You're a second year as a starter. You should be leading this offense, and it doesn't look like he's got complete control of it, in my opinion. I think for me, and you guys are going to be surprised that I have the lowest grade for Peyton Thorne out of all of us. What's the what's the saying in college about your grades? C's get degrees, right? A C is passing. I don't give Peyton Thorne a passing grade for this season. I have seen enough from Michigan State's starting quarterback for me to want to see someone else. It's like in the professional world, if someone is bad enough at a job for a long enough period of time, you move on from that person, you dismiss them, and you bring in somebody else who might be better at that job. I give Peyton Thorne a D on this season. He has not done enough. A D enough. is passing still. Okay, well, <laughs> a C is passing is, is the main point. I give him a D because he's been completely okay. He's been completely Middle of the pack, mediocre, average, nothing flashy, nothing special. But what has been bad has been really bad at times. I think about the first throw of the game against Illinois a week ago. I think about how bad he played against other teams like Ohio State, uh, like Wisconsin. There were some really bad throws. Part of his play calling, part of it is the O-line, part of it is the running game. Obviously, 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 there's all these different factors. But... Like I talked about at the start, the way we measure athletes is how much they get better from year to year. I don't think Peyton Thorne got any better in his level of talent, in his understanding of the offense, in his leadership of this offense, and just as a team in general. He doesn't have control of that locker room. Uh, Who do you think on this football team listens to Peyton Thorne, genuinely? Jaden Reed, maybe just because they, they, they went to high maybe. school together. Anybody maybe Jaden Reed. I think J- I think Jay Reed does his own thing, and he totally can because he's got the talent uh, and the numbers and the highlights to back it up. For Peyton Thorne, if I'm an O lineman or a wide receiver or a running back, and he tells me something, I would look at him so sideways, dude. I mean, uh, who are you to tell me what I did wrong? Whenever hit the throw, hit the five yard throw, and then come tell me what to do better next time. I, I have seen enough from Peyton Thorne. Sure, they've won two in a row. They're probably going to make a bowl game, and you don't want to change your starter in the middle of the season, blah de blah 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 I don't care if it's Noah Kim. I don't care if it's Peyton, or Kaiten Hauser. I don't care if it's Hamp Faye. Get someone else in there who maybe, just maybe, can hit the five-yard throw, can maybe lead an offense, instill some confidence in their teammates, and go down and score and win a game by three scores that you're supposed to. I think giving him a D at that point, you're saying the reason State's sitting at five and six right now is because of Peyton Thorne, which I don't agree with. Neither do I. I think, and actually, part of the point of what I noticed watching the game yesterday, this coaching staff is awful. Other than Mel Tucker and maybe Brandon Jordan because he recruits the hell out of D Lyman. Well, let's clean not, house. Let's not give, I, I don't, let's not give Tucker all I, his flowers yeah, but, either. And, I'm, I, and, I'm, and I want and I, everything, but you're paying him every 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 inch of accountability 
at the end falls on right. the head coach. Right, but we're paying him $95 million right now, so you kind of have to give him some slack. And I, Do you? Is that I, how that works? I, I also, in year you, three? If you, but, yeah, it's if his you, job to clear If house. you have an assistant and you want your assistant to do better and be around for a long time, so instead of paying them 10 bucks an hour, you pay them 50 and then all of a sudden they do kind of average the next time you see them, you're going to go to them and say, oh, well, I'm paying you more, so you have but a little paying, bit more slack. You're also paying him to fix the problem, which he should do this offseason. I, I don't, don't I don't, and like, I was, I was... I was in on Scotty Hazelton has some issues and he needs to figure it out. And I know we've talked about it, but all of those issues aren't solved, but he has definitely made that defense look a lot better. You can say it's because of the return of Xavier um, Henderson. But, but I think that's a little out of Scotty's choice because they eventually were forced to make personnel changes. And, oh, look what happens when you try someone different, just like my point about Peyton Thorne. When someone isn't working and you try someone different at that same position to do that same job, maybe they'll be better. They and were, that's what the defense has been. They, they and, were Before they had to make personnel changes, the defense looked better. They looked better against Michigan than they did against Ohio State or... Maryland, for that matter. I, I mean, I guess, Wh- but part of that is Xavier Henderson, too, which is also, again, a personnel change. That is not up to Scotty Hazleton. If X can play, he's going to play. You don't get to make that choice, Scotty. Sorry. You know, the X is going to play. I, I, the, he, Scotty Hazleton styled up a lot more pressure, too, because he knows he doesn't have those defensive ends. And, and someone who's really flashed recently is Aaron Brule. And they're kind of scheming him um, on blitzes and things. And he's getting home a lot. He's making a lot of tackles, making a lot of big plays. So, I do like the pressure that Hazleton's been dialing up, and um, he's had to do so because, like, with defensive linemen who probably didn't expect to get nearly as many snaps as they've gotten at the end of the year. Avery Dunn's looked good. I know, and, he's, and he was so far down on the depth charts coming into the year. Yeah, so I, I think I think I understand what you're saying that he was forced to make these changes, but it could have went the other way too. They could have they could have um, gotten done way nothing. worse. Yeah. yeah. So I I think Scotty Hazleton is done a, a pretty good job the last month that's, so, that's all i'm saying my only concern the last four weeks he's done a much better job than he did the middle four weeks my only concern with hazelton and i mean if you look at state schedule you kind of see it coming you play washington which is one of the best offenses in the country not just against state but against everybody ohio state is ohio state the last three weeks you've played michigan who is one-dimensional they run the football and they run it down your throat illinois is the epitome of one-dimensional football. They lost to Purdue yesterday simply because they can't pass. Chase Brown hit the Heisman after his seventh rushing touchdown of the and, year. <laughs> and they still, and, and then they end up losing the game, and yeah. now they're not going to win the West. And then they play Rutgers yesterday, who, it's Rutgers, I'm not, I mean, and then the Indiana next week should be just as bad. Like, I, I just, I don't know. Yeah, you but play, he's, they've taken play, care of business, yeah, though. Like, they have what, taken care of business. I give with, you credit. With, but, with players who were buried but, on the depth chart to start the year. But I'm it's still the second, like, all right, the last touchdown of the game yesterday, fourth and 28, there is no reason for that pass to be a touchdown. I agree they're not perfect, but, but I, they're, I they're, they're, they're putting them in positions it, to it win just, games that it, they need to win. I agree, but I don't know, it just seems like whenever they play an offense with half a pulse, stuff goes sideways. So now that, Michigan, now that Michigan State is up to five wins, they sit at five and five on the season, Versus Indiana this upcoming Saturday, and then on the road at Penn State. And I have to tell you guys, I don't, I don't know about you, 
the question I have on the sheet is 1 to 100. What's your confidence level that this Michigan State team does not choke away one of these final two games? I'll tell you what, I'm writing off Penn State. I think Penn State, they don't have much to play for in this game. They're going to be in a bowl game, but I still think Penn State has enough already to not even give it 100%. I think they have enough talent and enough skill to not even give it 100% and still beat this Michigan State team in two weeks. So that leads me to Indiana, who is awful at football. Okay, Indiana is terrible this year. They stink. But, lo and behold... Detroit sports, Michigan sports, Michigan State sports in general, losing games that you should win is a common theme that we have grown up with. This is a game that has that written all over it because of the pressure, because of everything that has happened this season. Oh, what a disappointment it would be to win these two in a row to get to five and not win six of the last, or not win one of the last two. So one to 100, I'm smack at 50. One way or the other, I don't know. I can't decide. How do you guys feel in the confidence level that Michigan State can pick up one win in either of these last two games? I, I'm going to go pretty high. I think 80. I think Indiana's really, really bad. I think Michigan State um, is – I think Michigan State's pretty determined. We've seen – I've seen a lot of emotion the last two weeks out of the players um, and from the coaches too that although this isn't what they envisioned coming into the year, this is still a, a – this is it's it's very important to make a bowl game in a lot of in a lot of ways, but I think the most important thing is to get those young guys more as many practice reps as possible too, because this extends your season and the coaches realize that, and also the players. Um, a, a, a bad bowl game is a bad bowl game, but it's still postseason football. They're staring the quick lane bowl in the face hey, right now. <laughs> more, it's more pra- Purdue's win doesn't help, but yeah. still more practice reps and the players want it. I'm sure I'm and I've. I think they're going to beat Indiana, and I wouldn't rule out Penn State just because. I mean, it's, it's James Franklin. It's I James mean, Franklin, yeah, Penn State has I, nothing I, to play for in that game. And uh, I, I've Sean Clifford is a has shown flashes as a quarterback, but man, I I don't trust Sean Clifford in any and most games he 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 starts. So um, you never know. I don't think that they I don't think that they win that game, but I don't think that that's a game that Michigan State goes in and, and gets blown out. Yeah, I I think. To pick up one of them, I would say I'm probably around 85, 90%. Wow. Um, to pick them both up, I think I'm probably at like 20, I was 17. Gonna say, I was going to say like 35. I yeah. think they could pick. I th- I do think they could beat Penn State. Um, they've seen to have Penn State number the last five years. I mean, I think in the Mel Tucker era, though, this is the best Penn State team they'll have faced. Yeah, but you got to think the Pens. I mean, the D'Antonio, even at the end of the D'Antonio era, where Michigan State wasn't phenomenal, like they're okay. That's putting it nicely. Yeah, I mean, they beat a Penn State team that had Saquon Barkley on it. So, I I think they can go and win on the road in Happy Valley is always a challenge. Indiana at home senior night. I think I don't think the defense allows twenty points, and I think that helps win because Indiana's defense is atrocious. Um, so if Michigan State can hold them under twenty, I think there's no way that offense. I think the running backs will have. They had one ninety nine total last a week or this week, and I think they break two hundred next week against Indiana. So that's I Spartan think that's walk. a win. That Spartan walk is going to fire these guys up for a win, huh? What, the 10 a.m. Spartan walk? Yeah. The kick is at noon, by the way. Yes, that's it was announced. Gross. Nice. Gross. Absolutely Another gross. early Saturday. 
Actually, I enjoyed yesterday tailgating, even though I didn't go. I will the game. say it is kind of nice being done with the game at like four o'clock. But then it gets dark at like three. Well, yeah, then you turn around. It's five after or five thirty after your nap, and you're like, oh, it's it's dark out now. I mean, I was heading home last night from a friend's apartment, and it was ten thirty, and I was like, dude, I swear to God, it's two in the morning. I swear. Uh, going back to the percentage chance, I think it's like ninety percent chance. There's no way a state loses to Indiana next week. There, I, I don't see it happening. I honestly don't. How if if they lose to Indiana, I, I need a commitment from you. What What do you want me to do? Red Cedar River, jump in. Sure, why not? I'll give myself okay, that's a deal. That's our deal. <laughs> After the show next Sunday, because no women's basketball, I'll jump in the Red that, Cedar if they somehow lose to Indy for that's our That's our on-air pact. Matt Merrifield, you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> on the Green and White Report, is jumping in the Red Cedar River if Michigan State loses next week it's, to Indiana. It's a rivalry game at home. Oh, yeah, the, the, old the, brass brass the old brass platoon. I, I, I think you should just walk across a little shallow part that you can behind the library. No, you're gonna need a towel after this. Okay. The the current the current in the red seat is strong. You gotta be careful in there. I'll be fine. I know how to swim. The uh, Matt's, Matt's got those long give, give limbs. Him, he get, can swim. Get Matt a life jacket. The uh, yeah, and going to Penn State, uh, more than likely, uh, Penn State's gonna have a shot to go to the Rose Bowl. So mm, I don't if no, they won't. If Michigan and OSU are in the playoff, yeah. they're going oh, to. If they went out, if, if both of them are in the playoff, well, yeah. If, but whoever, if one of them's in the playoff and the other one well, isn't, right? But if Penn State wins out, they're still there's going. There's a to chance win. Michigan and Michigan and Ohio State are in. But if Penn, yeah. St- that's if, what's going to happen. If Penn State goes ten and two, they're in a New York Six Bowl of some sort. They are playing for something. And it's also Sean Clifford's third senior day, so I think he's definitely got something to play for. <laughs> third um, time's the charm. I don't even know what his record is on senior day. I should probably look. <laughs> That's hilarious. But it's, uh, it's Xavier Henderson's second or third as well coming up. Uh, last year they were they were pretty. Uh, they didn't really have a senior day last yeah, year. Yeah, they was took no him audio. off all the stuff. They like last minute they kind of yeah. rescinded his name and picture from all the senior stuff. But I don't know. Uh, he had a half of a senior day yeah. last year. <laughs> I, don't, I I don't think they'll win at Penn State. I think there's a chance because it's James Franklin, but they're they're not going to lose to Indiana next week. I refuse to believe that. Well, we'll see what happens. We'll have your coverage right here on WDBM. Moving on to the college football little sneak peek. Um, Michigan and Nebraska take keeping it in the Big Ten. OSU and Indiana both take care of business. Ohio State wins 56-14. Michigan 34-3. Those two control their own destiny for the playoff. It doesn't matter, though, because they're both going to be in. Um, I just – I you say that, but, like, how – a one loss – does a one loss Ohio State or Michigan get in over a one loss – USC? No, yes. not yes. USC. There's oh, one. USC with a Pac-12 or yes. championship? Yes. I agree with that, but a one-loss Tennessee who also doesn't play in no, the college? they're all three are going to get what it. What about plus T- Georgia? T- TCU is winning the Big 12. We're getting there. Um, <laughs> here's the thing. Here's the thing. We, I'll get there in a second. Uh, so let's start with this because we, we talked about some of the teams last week. There's a team we can eliminate, and that was our heated discussion. And sadly, for Matt and Zach, next question. It's yeah. the it's the <laughs> we Heis- don't need to talk about it's it. the Heisman sweetheart of the nation, Bo Nix, and the Oregon Ducks fall to the Huskies of Washington, who all of a sudden are seven and two or eight and two yeah. now. Eight and two, the Washington Huskies. This team that pummeled Michigan State. They were a good team. We I know. Did. They lost like two in a row after that state game. And I was like, wow, Washington's bad. That looked, that loss is getting worse by the week for Michigan State. It doesn't look sure so bad enough, anymore. Win, 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 win. They rattle them off. The Huskies take down Oregon uh, in Eugene, I might add. Um, Bo Nix gets hurt on one of the final drives. That's really sad. It, um, send Drake it, it, May in Bo Nix's spot to New York. 
Oh, I had somebody, I was in line at an establishment last night watching the very end of the Oregon game, and he goes, Bo Nix is overrated and so is Drake May. So you got in a fight what? last I night. I almost got in a fight. <laughs> and then inside said establishment, every time he saw me, he'd call me Bo Nix. I wanted to punch him in the well, face. Well, that's not I mean, horrible. You're Bo Nix. I, not the way he, not the I don't way know. He I, not, I, not, I've not, heard some of Matt's I am football stat lines. He is. Yeah, he's I'm far qu- from I'm it. quite the opposite. <laughs> closer to Joe Milton. Drake, but, Drake May's better. Sliding. I don't, I don't know how Oregon lost that game. They ran for 300 yards. Like there were, number one, there was no defense in that game. I was watching it. It's and the Pac-12. It's the Pac-12. The Pac-12 and the Big 12 is switched. Let the well, yeah, pen- let the because, let the Penix rise, man. Hmm. Like, I think that's an FCC violation. If, but uh, it's his last name, Michael Penix. <laughs> anyway. in relation to Phoenix, let the Phoenix rise. Anyway, sliding down south to the SEC, uh, some news kind of happened. Alabama and Ole Miss was a very fun game to watch. Uh, Lane Kiffin might be my favorite coach in college football. Um, and it's really sad because as I was watching that game, I said I had a genius idea. I had a light bulb. I said this Ole Miss team has one loss. They beat Bama. There is an avenue. They don't control their own destiny, but there would have been an avenue for them to get into the playoffs. So they would ready, have to beat Georgia. I was ready to have a whole "Don't forget about Ole Miss" segment. And sure enough, they kind of choked that one away, anyways. But with them uh, losing um, and LSU winning over Arkansas, and winning is a nice way to put it, squeaking by the Razorbacks, sixteen to thirteen. Um, LSU is firmly in the SEC championship game as they have clinched the West, um, and they still have a spot in the playoff picture as well. It's another team who two losses versus the team that we're going to get to now, Texas Christian University, TCU, the Horn Frogs. I take a one-loss Ohio State or Michigan, a one-loss Tennessee, oh, no. and a two-loss LSU that has won the SEC championship over TCU oh, no. every no. single day of the no. week and twice on Sundays TCU had three points through three eh. quarters. If if, eh. if if everything that what you want to talk about a bad Big Twelve dude, there's three ranked teams if, in the Big Twelve. Like I said, TCU la- is going to play Kansas State in the Big Twelve championship. The Wildcats. It's purple on purple to decide the winner of the Big Twelve, and you want to put that team in the playoff. No, thank you. I would rather watch good football in January to decide who's going to be my national champion. And for me, that's Georgia versus LSU, Georgia versus Tennessee, Georgia versus Michigan, Georgia versus Ohio State. If TCU even sniffs the same stadium that Georgia is in come four weeks or five weeks whenever we have this playoff, it's going to be 44 to nothing. Number one, whoever plays Georgia is losing 44 yeah, It doesn't matter. Stop with that. Stop numbered. with that. No, you're, you mean to legitimately tell me Georgia versus, again, LSU, Ohio State, Tennessee, or Michigan yep. would not be a more entertaining game than against TCU. No, none of them would be because Georgia's that good. There is Georgia's no way it's better than they be were last year. remotely entertaining. It would be no. way more right. entertaining I'm, I'm, to I'm at gonna, least be one I'm of I'm going to ask you a question about TCU. Teams. And Go I ahead. asked you the same question last week. If they were wearing... Sooner red or burnt orange from Texas, you would have no issue with putting TCU in at thirteen and zero. hundred percent, because those teams historically have been better, but it, and have this, better talent, and have better coaches, and have better recruits, and know, have Texas more has, money, Texas has and have had, big, some, had better coaches recently. Clearly, than TCU. I want to say not. this: too. TCU as a Heisman candidate quarterback. If and if if you want to, I'll I'll touch on two of these. How many teams in the Big Ten are going to be ranked this week? You said there's only three in the big the Big Twelve. Uh, Michigan, Ohio State, 
Penn State are the only three that are okay, locked well, to be ranked. Okay, well, that's generous because Illinois has been ranked all season and they coincidentally there's lose a lot two of, in a row. There's a lot of school in the Big, <laughs> the big 12. Suck. Yeah, there's a lot of schools in the Big <laughs> Like I said last week, Illinois sucks. That's why that win didn't mean much at, for Michigan at, State. At one point, there, proving my at point. one point, half of the Big 12 was ranked. Okay, so, also, you right. can make the argument that Texas is not going to be ranked in the Big 12. Exactly. And also, also, the ranked teams in the Big 10, let's not forget that rankings are numbers and higher is better. It's going to be two and three, right, for Ohio State and Michigan. For the Big 12, it's teams. TCU at four and Kansas State at 19. The Penn State is going to be 15, 14. Two and three is better than four and 19. So I'm just saying, if you want to go there, second, if, if everything you said where it's like the two loss LSU, the one loss Ohio State, the one loss Michigan, that would mean if, because if Georgia would have to lose to LSU, so that would mean there would be two undefeated teams in the country. And you want to not put one of them in. A Power 5 undefeated team at that. Because a two-loss LSU would mean Georgia lost. Right. So you're saying one of the Big Ten teams, Ohio State or Michigan, would be undefeated. And then Georgia, yeah. uh, And then TCU. And those would be the only two undefeated teams. I understand. I'm not saying put them in at two because they're undefeated. You want to hear hear something that's going to make you more upset? Three-loss LSU is better than TCU. Sorry. Not not true. All right. I have a trivia question for you guys because you said TCU isn't a very good program. Who's been to a Rose Bowl more recently? The University of Michigan or TCU? TCU. Okay, who who's, won a, who's won Michigan a Rose Bowl Michigan went to more the playoff last year. That's better. I'll take that over a Rose Bowl. And you want to snub TCU the chance to get to a playoff? Because you, you they're not Cincinnati good. last year. So okay, how are they? They had playing? three points. No hardest. Through three quarters against a three-loss Texas team. It doesn't team. matter. Texas, it does not matter how Texas good you be, are. That it Texas is team last night would be Bama. That is a true statement. Bama's but, horrible. They should have lost to LSU. Bama should have three losses this year. LSU, or, or, or Ole Miss, I mean, Ole Miss choked that game away. I, I just I'm don't know. Right I don't know how you can say they're bad when they have done everything. If Michigan State was to win 13 it's games. It's the same exact argument that Liam just proved my point with with Illinois. No, but it they doesn't. They don't play anybody. But it doesn't make sense because you're, you agreed that if Oklahoma or Texas, who play in that same conference were undefeated, you would put them in because of their track record. Track record does not matter when it comes to college football playoff. It's the four best teams. If they're 13-0, and they are one of the best teams in the country. I just This is an argument we had last week, too, and I understand kind of what Brendan's saying, but if TCU's undefeated, they're in. There's no, like, it, the, the like I can get you I'm saying not dis- they, I'm if not, they have a loss, listen, they're immediately out. Listen. I'm not disputing that. Here's the yeah. thing: TCU is going to lose. Okay, I don't care. I They're agree gonna, with you that they've th- got they've got they shouldn't. They've got Baylor on the road, Iowa State at home, and then they'll play Kansas State in the Big Twelve Championship. They'll lose one of those three. I'm completely confident in that. If they go undefeated, if they win all of these next three games, they should be in. They absolutely should be. Okay, and they probably will be. But it doesn't matter. I'm not even going to watch that semifinal game because it's not going to be worth my time. I don't want to waste three hours of watching Georgia play against high school kids. What okay? did you, were you cool with Cincinnati getting in last year? No, I wasn't. This is exactly what I said what? last TCU's year. TCU's better than Cincinnati, Cincinnati was. No. Cincinnati had a better game against Bama than Michigan had against Georgia last year. Michigan got scra- got scrapped that's by Georgia. That's how good Georgia was. Right. That doesn't, that's, but that's not the Cincinnati same thing. Cincinnati competed with Bama last year. And Bama wasn't that good. Because Georgia was the best team in the country. I I think Alabama was pretty good last year. I think they were pretty good, too. I think we saw what Georgia did to them in the national championship. That was a great football game. (laughs) No, it was. It was. But is there only one good team each year, in your opinion, then? Yeah. 
Yes, Michigan. it's Georgia. Oh, no, it's always two for Brendan. He always thinks Michigan's good because <laughs> they have the blue and yellow helmets and Georgia or Alabama there are, are good. There are four good teams in the country this year. Four college football teams that when January rolls around, I want to watch play each other. It's going to be Tennessee, Georgia if, Georgia, if it's your finals. Michigan, Ohio State, and Tennessee. It's going to be. Those are the only four I would like I to agree. see in January. I agree with you that those, are, those four teams are probably better in TCU, but their resumes, like if TCU's undefeated, TCU's resume is going to be better than at least two of those teams. Also, yeah. I'm just going to throw this out there. If I don't US, know about that. If They're USC is 12-1 and one and wins the Pac-12, I think they're Yeah, you want to talk about getting in for money. De- USC their, will bring money. They're I mean, suspect. Yeah. I don't know if they'll beat Oregon TCU, in the conference USC. championship, but I you twelve and one and you win a power fight. Or twelve and one Pac twelve well, championship to me Washington is the same. Technically get in twelve and one Pac twelve no. champion to me is the same as eleven and one Big Ten runner up regarding Michigan Ohio State. That's the Disagree. same thing to me. Disagree. I agree with that. Crazy. We've got to get to, be close. We've got to get to break. We're not going to bore you with all the college football talk like we did last week. It's always passionate and fun, and I love when these guys are just so blatantly wrong. So uh, we've <laughs> this got guy's a psycho. we've got the MSU sports extravaganza coming up after the break momentarily. Stick around. It's the Green and White Report here on WDBM. Welcome back to the Green and White Report here on WDBM East Lansing. We thank you so much for joining us. It is time for the MSU Sports Extravaganza. We had a huge weekend of MSU Sports, and as I mentioned, uh, Sparty was very close to going undefeated uh, on the weekend, other than volleyball losing on Friday. But volleyball picked up their first win yesterday against Northwestern. Uh, ending a 12-game losing streak. So shout-out to Leah Johnson and the volleyball team. Big win for them. Uh, So we're going to talk about basketball, hockey, who had a huge weekend, uh, and the women's soccer team in the NCAA tournament as well. We'll start with the Armed Forces Classic, the aircraft carrier game. Um, ESPN, I got to tell you, they botched this. That coverage was really, really bad. Horrendous. The game cam uh, Slowick and Liam, you two were at my humble abode watching it with me. Um, and because I have worked on broadcasts in college and I know what looks right and looks wrong, I can't watch live sports uh, on television anymore without being eternally stressed because I just notice everything that is incorrect. I notice the jump cuts and the whip pans and the out-of-focus cameras and all this stuff. Um and it was really bad in this Michigan State game. The game cam was blurry. And the it commentary was, was fine. Yeah, I mean Dan Schulman and Jay yeah. Billis. It doesn't get much no. better than that. Those but two are phenomenal. The, the camera was rough. The 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 the, the production of it was low level, uh, so to speak. Which I I mean I mean I get it's on ESPN, a boat. That's but like it's, that's but like, it's ESPN. It's your big game of the year to start the season. Come on, we got to get the A crew out here. We had the the B minus crew. Um, but nonetheless, there was a game that actually took place, uh, and it was a good game. 64-63, Gonzaga, the number two team in the country, uh, fends off Michigan State, who had an absolutely exceptional first. You know, for those golfers that are listening, we've got some, a few golfers here in the studio, myself included. And we always talk about, oh, it was a tale of two nines. I played great on the front nine. I was so good. Shot 38. And then the back nine rolled around, and it's doubles and triples galore, and you shoot 48 for for a big whopping score at the end. That's exactly what this was for Michigan State against Gonzaga. Fantastic first half. They rebounded great. They defended well. They did exactly what has been Tom Izzo's mantra 
for 28 years now defend, rebound, run. They did all three of those things. They were up by seven at the half thanks to a Trey Holloman buzzer-beating layup, which was a very exciting play. Maudie Sixth Sissoko, pass, too. Yeah, oh, it was. Madi Sissoko was exceptional. But then the second half rolls around, and Michigan State forgot how to defend. They forgot how to make shots that weren't free throws. Um, and that kind of was their demise. The foul trouble was the big one. Malik Hall ended the game with four fouls. Both Joey Hauser and Marty Sissoko fouled out with over two minutes left, um, each having five fouls. Marty Sissoko had a fantastic game, though. 14 points, nine rebounds, was four or five from the floor. Um, but there's a lot to take away from this game. And obviously it's easy to look at the final play for Michigan State that went horribly wrong. Um, and maybe put some blame on that. But there are a lot of reasons Michigan State lost this game. They shot 18% from deep. They were 5 for 20 from the floor in the second half. They got out-rebounded by almost 10 rebounds to Gonzaga, who I think is probably not a better rebounding team. Um, And that final play just really didn't work out. I tried something new, um, which I had a lot of fun doing. And if you're interested at all in checking out that final play, uh, there is a, a little film review, a little coach's film that I did that's on YouTube and Twitter. So if you want to check that out, go ahead. Take a look at that last play, what went wrong for Michigan State. Um, but so there's a lot of, uh, to take away. Um, so I want to go through one positive from this game and one negative that you all focused on. I'm going to start for Michigan State. A big positive that I saw was that four players – Hall, Walker, Hogard, and Sissoko all reached double figures. This is a Michigan State team this season who is very much like last season. They don't have the guy. They don't have the give-it-to-him-and-get-out-of-the-way kind of guy. There's nobody on this team who can just go get a bucket whenever they need it down in crunch time. They're going to have to score in bunches. It's going to have to be scoring by committee. They're going to win games this season as a team. And to do that, have four guys in double figures against the number 2 team in the country is huge. That bodes well for the rest of the season. Now, the bad part on the flip side is that they only had 14 points from their other players that played besides that. Um, but it was nice to see them get out there and score. And then the negative for me, the big one that you have to focus on, is going 5 for 20 from the floor in the second half. That just absolutely can't happen against a team like Gonzaga, against some of these teams that they're going to face coming up. they got Kentucky on Tuesday, Villanova on Friday, then they'll head to Portland for the PKI. Um, They can't shoot that bad in the second half. Now, again, you have to take into account there's a lot that, in my opinion, gets written off with this game because they're playing on a boat, okay? Both these teams shot less than 25% from deep. That's probably not going to happen the rest of the season. These are two good shooting teams who should average, I would say, 37 38% from deep this year. Michigan State shot around 38% last year. Um, But you write that off, still, you got to get to the bucket. You got to get to the free throw line, which Michigan State did, but you cannot make only five field goals in the second half and expect to win games. So that's the negative for me. Uh, Slowick, what's one positive and one negative you had from this game? Positive? The defense plays very hard. They are very aggressive. They go for turnovers. They go for blocks. Even in the exhibitions, when you when your point guard and shooting guard or your two point guards, whatever you want to call them, and Walker and Hogard have two blocks each and combined for 10 steals. Walker's been fantastic with the blocks, dude. Yeah, both of them. I mean, neither of them are very... I mean, Walker's, I think, listed as six foot six one, and then Hogarth's listed as six three or six four. So neither of them very tall guys and just chase down blocks and blocking stuff in the paint against guys that are bigger than them. Looks very impressive, and they, they want the ball. 
And Sissoko on the boards, him and Hall had a couple of miscommunications. Him and Hogard had one, and he he just told him like I'm t- I'm getting the ball. Don't worry about it. like I'm getting the ball. So they play very hard and they look solid when they do that. My negative, it's so clear and it becomes more and more clear even after two games. Michigan State needs another big. They needed to get one in the portal. They needed to get one. I know the class coming in next year is going to help. Um, they have obviously number three or number one best big in the or best player in the country coming um, in Booker next year. But it, it's tough when you, Sissoko's playing so good and everyone is so excited that they have a good starting center. He can play in the Big Ten. He can play against teams like Gonzaga. So when tournament time comes around, he'll be fine. But he's going to get into foul trouble because he plays aggressive. It's something he's always done. And they don't have that guy that like Sissoku was last year who can come off the bench and just play aggressive and pick up five fouls and be gone. They don't have anybody big. So once he gets into foul trouble, now you have Hogard or Hauser, or not Hogard, sorry, Hall or Hauser, playing the five, and they both can do it, but when you're playing someone dominant like Hunter Dickinson or uh, Timmy, you're going to have issues, and that's going to be something that's going to go because their only other two centers are both freshmen. And now the three of us talked about this live during that game. There was no Carson Cooper in this game, and I think Carson Cooper could be that guy, hey, go out there, defend hard, get fouls. We don't care, right? But apparently we found out later in the postgame press conference that there were some disciplinary issues with Cooper, and he was in trouble with the team, and that's why he didn't play. Can't help but feel like maybe that game was a little bit different if you can stick a seven-footer under there and just tell him to stand straight up or just defend Timmy as hard as he possibly can. Timmy went four for ten from the line in that game, dude. I mean, I would have just sent him to the line every time if Michigan State had the fouls to give, but they didn't. Um, but, Matt, you watched this game. You were texting about it in our group chats. Mm-hmm. What did you like from Michigan State, and what's your biggest concern? I think number one thing that stood out is the guard The guard play. I, everybody expects going to be great this year, but defensively, dude, the oh, they. I think I have it up right now. Hogard had three steals. Walker had one. Aikens had two. So that's what six six steals forced by your guards, and not just that. You also forced other turnovers. I I if I'm a Big Ten team or any team in the country. I do not want to face that backcourt. The the thing that I noticed last year, the second Tyson Walker got on campus from Northeastern, and we knew that he was going to be a good defender. We knew he could score the ball. I mean, he averaged like 20 points at Northeastern. Um, and he was on their all-defensive team. Or, and he might have even been their defensive player of the year his last year there. He was. But the thing that I noticed right away was the hands that he has. The way he is able, not just on ball, but when guys drive and he's the primary help defender and he smokes his hand in there, he reaches in there and pokes that ball out, is so fast and so clean. It's never a foul. It's all ball every time. And it it worked out significantly well for Michigan State last year. And I only expect it to be better this year. He's improved so much already in that area, and he was already so good. Yeah, and Aikens is only getting, getting limited minutes because right. he's coming back from injury. But, man, he is fast. Like, he is an athletic freak. I love his jump shot. It, last year, every time he shot, I'd look Other away. Other than the last one. Other than the last well, I mean, yeah, yeah, but that you can talk about that final play. That was that just didn't pan out the way the state wanted it to. But I think I this, the guard play, Trey Holloman is long. Like I yeah, the defense if I'm a team, guard it problem is, is Michigan State's not deep down low, but man, guards are gonna have trouble scoring against Michigan State this year because they are <laughs> deep and they are all good on the defensive end. My negative, uh I 
For those that listened to the show last year, they will know I am the biggest Joey Hauser supporter probably on this campus. He played like garbage on on Friday night. Like, there's no way around it. And I, I, I mean, you're a six-year senior. That's just one of those nights that can't happen, especially in a game like that, playing against Gonzaga. You, you got to have everybody going, and he just he had a very bad game. It really hurt to see that graphic that said Joey Hauser fouled out two points because he played really well against Grand Valley State. He played even better against Northern Arizona, double-double with 18 points, and they needed a big game from him against a guy like Drew Timmy, against a bigger team like Gonzaga, and you're right. It was, it was a real bummer to see him just kind of get lost out there defensively. We know he's not the best. We know he's not the fastest, but you can't make up for that by fouling. Right. I don't care how bad you're playing. You got to stay in the game. And sure enough, he fouls out, and then they got to put Sissoko back in, who's gotten fouled. Yeah. And then Sissoko fouls out, and there's just death by a thousand cuts for Michigan State. Yeah, it was funny to see before the game, they show the teams walking out, and I see Hauser wearing long sleeves. The only guy on the floor wearing full sleeves. And obviously, it got cold in the second half, but I was like, God, he's going to go out, put up a 20 piece, and people are going to be like, you know, hoodie mellow, right. long sleeve Joey. <laughs> I sent that to some of my friends in a group chat. And I had to answer for that after he went 0 for 5 from the field and fouled out with two points. So, uh, Joey, please do not wear long sleeves the rest of the year. You don't have to play outside the rest of the year, so I think he should be fine. But, I don't know, I just, I was impressed with the way the team played. Obviously, the second half, they could not buy a bucket if they wanted to. But, I mean, Gonzaga's a good basketball team. Do I think they're the number two team in the country? No. But for what it's worth, early in the season, to lose by one in that situation, for what the national media expects you to be this year, that was a, damn good performance, and I think they proved their top 15, 20 team in the country. Liam, you're a basketball mind, a basketball fan. You and I actually had a lot of the same observations while watching this game together. What were your thoughts? I'm going to stray away from what I first put on this sheet because we talked about it a lot. Um, I had Sissoko becoming a true starting center, which is important, but we touched on it. I think a positive is the fact you kind of touched it a little bit at the end there. Um, the reports of Izzo's downfall, I think, are, are were a bit too soon because this is a team that um, the last few years he's, you've, you've kind of heard it from media that uh, maybe the game's gotten away from him, or especially with the transfer portal stuff. Which it, it and we, yeah, I mean, I, especially I, in like the last four or five years. Yeah, I agree that I, I I would enjoy if he if he liked the transfer portal a little bit more. It probably would help this team this year. But this is coming into this year. This was kind of a, a bridge year till next year. I think a lot of people thought uh, with that recruiting class coming in and the amount of talent there. They're poised to have next season, but he is not taking. He, of course, he's not acting like this is just a get get me over year. This is a team that um, plays very hard. You like uh, like Zach touched on, but I really love the way that that is a. I love the way his lead up to the game, like the interviews he does with Andy Katz and stuff. He seems all all happy and like uh, whatever happens happens. It's just a good opportunity, and then you see him on the court, and he's has not changed at all. He's as intense as ever. Um, so I think that a positive is that we know this team is going to play hard and they can compete with pretty much anyone in the country anywhere, like they always like to say. Um, my negative is that although you can take a lot of moral victories from this and a lot of a lot of things to build on, a win would have been massive because it, the schedule gets no easier for the next month, and this is a game that you could have had on your resume later in the year that could have bumped you up a seat or two, Um Beating the number two team in the country on a neutral site, it just really hurts that they had it and they just they they couldn't they couldn't finish up, finish it in the second in the second half and they even had one last shot at the end to win it and that would have just been massive for not just the rest of the or not not just for this upcoming month but all the way through the rest of the season because um, 
it kind of would have taken some pressure off heading into to Kentucky, to Villanova, Alabama, all that. So, um, yeah, not many. There's not many easy wins on this schedule, and you got to take what you, you got. If you have an opportunity to win a game, it's, um, you have to take full advantage of it. So that's a negative. But other than that, overall, I think the game was a positive um, in terms of this team uh, moving forward. And, and um, hopefully, Carson Cooper is um, nothing. Hopefully, it's nothing too serious, and he's able to play because. Um, we don't know if Shebway's playing, but if they got Shebway, that's tough for having only one center. Yeah, Michigan State's got a big game on uh, on Tuesday against Kentucky, which I think will be another good litmus test to see where this team stands. I think Kentucky has a chance to be one of the best teams in the country all season long. We, I think they're better in Gonzaga for sure. Yeah, I think they might be too. Gonzaga doesn't have an easy schedule either. they got to play at Texas next, and then they'll play Kentucky as well. Baylor sits on the schedule, Alabama, before they start that's the, that's a tough the, schedule. the gauntlet of the WCC conference schedule. Hey, don't, don't sleep on San Diego. One, once Gonzaga starts running through this WCC, all, when it's all said and done, this probably goes in as a quad one loss. That's definitely not a bad one for Michigan State. So all things considered, it's still a pretty good game for them that happened on Friday. Uh, from the court to the ice, wow. How about Adam Nightingale? And this Michigan State hockey team, dude. I He's mean, here. there were rumblings, right? There were rumblings when they beat UMass Lowell, who was a ranked team at the time, top 15. Oh, you know, okay. They beat the Red Hawks. All right. That's good. And then they beat Notre Dame. They pick up a Big Ten win, which they could not do for their life at the end of last season where they lost 13 in a row to Big Ten conferences. And it took them until literally the last regular season game of the year to win in the year 2022. Um, they sweep... The number 10 team in the country in the Ohio State Buckeyes. Um, that's now four wins over uh, Big Ten, or excuse me, three wins over ranked teams, three wins over Big Ten opponents. If you count the shootout um, against Notre Dame technically as a win, I think it officially goes in as a draw. Um, but they did win in the shootout, 8 3 and 1 in the season. <clears throat> Top of the Big Ten currently. Um, Jagger Joshua, who is one of the most fun guys to watch on this team, leads all their skaters with five goals. Dylan St. Cyr has been phenomenal in 11 games started, um, 93.6 save percentage. He's been fantastic. Um, It's still – now, Ohio State's the number 10 team in the country, and you're never going to sleep on that. But it's still a home series um, against an Ohio State team early in the year who has good rankings. But we obviously – the rankings have already changed a lot, where Penn State – was 13th in the country. They've moved up to eight. Michigan was one. They dropped back to three. Minnesota was five. They moved up to one. So there's already been a lot of changes um, in the Big Ten rankings. Michigan State was unranked. They're going to be in the top 20 probably um, this next coming week uh, in the USCHO poll. But so now they head on the road to take on number eight Penn State. And Penn State has had MSU's number uh, in the past couple years uh, when they take the ice together. Um, but Michigan State received 19 votes last week to get into the top 20, so they're almost surely going to be in this week. Um, I don't feel like they have to win at Penn State to solidify themselves as a legitimate contender this season, and already this season is much more improved from last year. When you watch this team, they're more fun. Um, I think they play with more emotion. I think they play harder than last year. Uh, they get more shots on net. They give up a lot of shots on net, too. Um, but... I'm excited to watch them take on Penn State. I think this is going to be a very good test that kind of lays out the rest of the season and what we can expect. I'm not expecting them to win. I won't be surprised if they get blown out, but I do think they're going to be close in at least one of these two games against the Nittany Lions. Um, and I, I'm excited for 
what Mun Ice Arena has in store for the rest of the year. Slowick, you're a hockey guy. You played hockey growing up and in high school. What have you liked from Michigan State that you've seen so far? I mean, Adam Nightingale has been impressive, man. They're they're moving the puck so well, and the communication is just at an all-time high in my four years here at Michigan State. Before you could go and you hear a little bit, but when you're up in the stands, which shout out to everyone, Mun was packed this weekend. But fans when, will show out when this team plays good, man. And when you're in the stands or in the press box and you hear people talking on the ice, it's it's nice because I was always told if if people can't hear you in the stands talking, you're not talking loud enough. Because it's loud down there in the ice, and believe it or not, you cannot hear anything really from the stands. You hear like like little roars, but you can yell as loud as you want behind that glass, and there's a pretty good chance with that many people in there, no one on the ice can hear or understand you. Um, but so like it is good to be to be packed and it be loud because you can hear emotions and you can feel the crowd, but you can't really hear exact words. Um, but the team has just been moving the puck so well. They're playing very physical, which they always have done. Uh, Jagger Joshua is a beast. He loves to hit people. He loves to go in corners. He's a true like power forward grinder. Also from Dearborn, Michigan. Shout out right like 10 minutes away from me back home. Yeah, our gra- shout our, out our Dearborn. Gra- our grandmas are friends. Um, no way. Yeah, Seriously? That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> uh, so it's, uh, it's cool. And... Uh, I don't know. It's just a fun team to watch. It's always fun having a good team on campus, especially when there's more than one. Um, but hockey is is something because Mun is such a cool arena. They just redid it. it really, and it's is. it's a good time for them to get good again. And I do think I think they'll be at 17. That's where Western is right now. I think they're about as good as Western. I think Western maybe moves up a spot. Um, but there will be three teams from the state of Michigan all ranked in the top 20 this week. With Michigan will still be in the top five. Uh, Western should still be in the top 20, and Michigan State will get in there. Ferris State's another team that could break it at some point. So I, I think Michigan hockey is is always on the up, but right now in particular. I I just wanted to say um, I don't think that they would – will. Uh, I think a split would be the best I can imagine at Penn State. But I, I, yeah. I agree with, also, I agree with I'd that. Be, I'd with, be shocked at another – Top ten sweep. They're not. Yeah, they're not. With, especially on the road with Dylan Saint Cyr. Though one, you've, we have one of the better goalies in the country. I mean, anything's possible. And Nightingale, hard to doubt him doing anything right now. Also, just wanted a quick shout out. Do you guys see the video of Penn State breaking the glass with the hit against Minnesota? Yeah, that I did was not. Chase McLean graduate or went to went to Trenton with me. So shout out to Chase. He's doing friend big of things. the program. Yeah. There we go. He's a he's a beast. So. um it's I I won't I'll, he's a very good hockey player he's made me look like a fool once or twice <laughs> I won't be rooting against Chase but um yeah I I I I was just gonna say I, I don't really feel like it's fair to doubt anything um in terms of what Adam Nightingale can do and it's fun um it is really fun like you were talking about Mun it's each series we've seen more and more people file into Mun and then um on was it Friday was the second game yep. Yeah, Friday night. Um, that was the most full I've seen it all year, and it was loud, so it was cool. Most full yeah, I've seen it I mean, since I've been here. I mean, the, well, they had, a, they, they had a standing room only game for Michigan. Oh, yeah, also, Valentine's Day. Also, yeah. my freshman year, the game against Penn State when they were when they were very good, both those teams, and it was fighting for the Big Ten. I think that was a standing room only game. 
It'll, um, it'll get back to that. BTN that'll, was here, yeah. That'll be uh, that'll be commonplace. I I, I truly believe that. Uh, maybe not the rest of this year, but while Nightingale's here, and I'll tell you what though, I, it, it at the start of the season there was nobody in mind, no, and there it's wasn't. it's because the non-conference schedule is is you know not the best, um, and it's football season, right? So. Football was in the heat of it and, and whatnot, and there were other you know women's soccer was still going through the the end of their season, so that was getting a big crowd over at Martin too, um, but. The fans have bought in to this team, it feels like. And I think that's because the players have bought into Nightingale and his scheme and his system. And you can't ask for much more in a first-year head coach. So things are looking on the up for Michigan State hockey. Um, Things are looking also on the up. They weren't for a moment there. But for Michigan State women's soccer, they stave off Milwaukee in the first round of the NCAA tournament, win that game 3-2 to two in extra time, the second extra time. I believe it was the 115th minute uh, that they scored. Uh, Lauren DeBoe, who's been fantastic all year, she was great again. She had the game-winning assist on the goal from Cameron Evans. Uh, the Gainer sisters, Celia and Justina, teamed up for two goals in regulation for Michigan State. The kind of surprise and the little bit of worry that I have for this next game coming up against TCU was the back line and Lauren Kozel faltered in the final 20 seconds against Milwaukee. They had that game one. Michigan State was up 2-1. to one. Um, Us three were flipping back and forth between the basketball and the soccer. Um, and we turned off the soccer because it was getting late and they were up 2-1 to one and they've got the, one of the best defenses in the country. Uh, we turned on the basketball and sure enough, with 20 seconds left, Milwaukee tied the game on a free kick, and um, that's a little bit of worry for Michigan State. I didn't have any worry that they were going to get it done in extra time. When we were watching, they had so much pressure on that back line in Milwaukee. They were just fighting for their lives just to clear the ball out there. Michigan State had a ton of pressure up front. Um, but in the NCAA tournament, uh, you know, when you're the four seed and you're going against a team who's lesser than you, um, you can't give up a goal in the final 20 seconds. It does not bode well for the rest of the way. Uh, but they do win. They move on to face TCU, who's the fifth seed, um, and the Horned Frogs are thirteen four and five on the season. They beat UTSA, the Road Runners, three to one in in uh, in the first round. Um, but this has been there's no other way to put it a magical season for Michigan State women's soccer. It's the second year under Jeff Hostler. He has brought this program Winner. to the top of the national scene. Um, Undefeated in the Big Ten, other than the Big Ten championship game, in which they lost three to two to Penn State, who is a highly ranked team nationally, and Penn State's gonna make their run in the NCAA tournament. But what do you guys think is the ceiling for this women's soccer team? What's the limit? Because when you go around this roster and you look at Lauren Kozel might very well be the best goalkeeper in the country. The back line of Ruby Diodati and Bria Scrotenbohr, that duo has been exceptional. Ruby Diodati is one of the best defenders in the country. Up front, Cameron Evans, Lauren DeBoe, Jordan Wickes, the Gainer sisters, they have been exceptional. Zivina Labovich. Um, there are stars all around this Michigan State team, and it feels like, despite being the four seed, despite some close calls, they just find a way to win some of these games. And by that same token, eventually the magic runs out, but we talked about Jeff Hostler last week. He has never, since being a Division II coach at Grand Valley State, not been to a national championship other than last year in his first year at Michigan State. Nine seasons at Grand Valley State, nine appearances in the national championship, five wins, four runner-ups. 
it feels like they can do it this year. It feels like they're one of those teams that can compete with the top teams in the country and go all the way to at least the College Cup, let alone the National Championship. I mean, who knows once you get there. I'm just really excited to watch this team continue to make their run. Yeah, you mentioned the that the magic might run out. I was about to say, what if it doesn't, though? Like, right. They're, they're, in the tournament, survive in advance. There were some mistakes made, but that's behind them. They're they're moving on. And shout out to the crowd at DeMartin. We talked about the crowd at um, at Munn. The crowd at DeMartin showed out again. They've been... That's, I think I think they're the second highest crowd for any first-round game yeah, nationally. BYU had, had, was first, then Michigan State, and then there was a large drop-off after that. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of excitement around the team, and I'm glad that um, they received the support they deserve. But like you said, Hostler has a winning uh, winning track record. He's proved it here in two years, and now they're um, – I, I don't know how far this team can go, but I, I I have no reason to believe that they can't go as far as um, as far as all the way to the national championship, so we'll see. Yeah, I, I, I think – I think – and this is crazy talking about pretty much any athletics, and at least it's a crazy feeling – to me, I, I do think this team can win a national championship. Not They're going to have to go through an absolute gauntlet to get there. Most likely, they're going to have to meet up with Notre Dame, who is a phenomenal soccer team. The number one seed in the region, Notre yeah. Dame. Yeah, and I, I think they're number two in the country. Yeah. So just an absolute phenomenal. And they're going to have to play them. I think if they beat TCU, that's who they get because – Notre Dame. Well, Notre Dame plays Santa Clara. So they would play the winner. Gotcha. Yeah. So, yeah, if they beat TCU, most likely they would be playing Notre Dame, and that one's going to be a tough one. If they can get through Notre Dame, I don't think there's a team in the country they can't get through. Um, first, they have to do TCU, though, who's still a very good soccer team. But I, it's it's just fun. Like I said it about the high – it's fun having good teams around campus. People go to the games. They like to enjoy them, and – it's just fun, and I and I've been very impressed with this soccer team. The only th- negative that I took took away from the last couple games, Michigan State when they're attacking is so dominant. When they get the lead, they sometimes and I get you can't just attack all the time. People right. are going to get gassed. But when once they sit back and start playing a little bit more passive or trying to play like a, a safety, like don't let them. It score, feels like they take their foot off the pedal. Exactly. If they, I think if they attacked for. Just a little bit longer, they could be up like against Milwaukee. They could have been up two or three because they were dominating. And then when they were sitting back at the end of the game, then Milwaukee comes down and they get a very late goal to win that one. So more attacking, I don't, I don't. If they just attack and can, they have no issue scoring. So if on the attack, I don't think there's a team in the country that's better than them right now. There is some light at the end of the tunnel for you DeMartin fans who have made it to all these games and been part of these sellout crowds. Michigan State does need a little bit of help uh, at the four seed, but I believe if they're the highest seed um, in the regional final to go to the College Cup, that will be uh, at the home stadium of whatever the higher seat is. Um, the three seeds above them, number one, Notre Dame, number two, North Carolina, number three, Stanford, are all still alive. It was completely chalk uh, in the first round of this region for Michigan State. But who knows? Anything can happen when you play in the postseason. Uh, we'll see how uh, the women's soccer team does against TCU. That game is Friday in South Bend at 2 p.m., uh, so be sure to tune in to that one. Um, we're going to take a quick break here on the Green and White Report. Coming up 
at 12-12 is going to be the NFL Pick'em. We've got another NFL Sunday, everyone's favorite Pick'em segment. We'll update you on the standings, see what happened last week, uh, and take a look at some good games this week. This is the Green and White Report on WDBM East Lansing. Welcome back to the Green and White Report on WDBM East Lansing. Thank you so much for joining us. It is another Sunday, which means another show, but it also means another wonderful weekend of the Pick'em. And with that, we're going to take a look at the current Pick'em standings. Matt Merrifield, dude. What a comeback. How about it? Eight and five two weeks ago. 10-2 Ten and two last week. Wow! Leads the standings Puts at thirty-eight and twenty-eight. Ten games above five hundred. We need you to have an off week, man. Merrifield is doing it. Two. I sit at second. Uh, Take with, a bye, man. <laughs> at thirty-six and thirty, Sloak bringing up the rear at thirty-four and thirty-two. Liam as our guest picker. Let me do the math. That's eighteen wins and twenty-one losses. So you're the only losing record guy on here. So we need another good Figure week it out, from Liam. you. Yeah, we got to. We got to figure this out. We'll start um, with the Lions. Uh, they're taking on the Bears today in Chicago. Uh, when I was going through making some of these lines, very, very few um, home underdogs today. A lot of the home teams are the favorite. Uh, that includes the Bears. Also, the uh, the the Munich game going on in Germany currently right now. Two minutes left in the fourth. The Buccaneers have the ball and they're up twenty-one to sixteen. On the Seahawks, Did didn't K-9 see that score? coming. No, I don't believe so. Mm. He hasn't done much. Today. So the the former Spartan Kenneth Walker not having his greatest day. But we do have picks to make. Uh, start with Lions at Bears. The line is two and a half in favor of the Bears. Um, we're going to turn it over to the leader right now. Matt Merrifield's going to start things off today for this first one. The uh, only non Lions fan. Yeah. Very true. Yeah, yesterday was friend of the program, former host of the show Trent Bally's birthday. Huge happy, happy birthday, birthday brother. To Trent Bally. And of course, one pride. I do think the Lions are going to win today, but yeah, give me the Lions to cover the two and a half. The Bears suck. Sorry, Jay. I was just going to say, sorry, Jay. I'm also going to go with the Lions in Chicago today. I think this is a series they could possibly sweep the only series. Well, actually, they could sweep Green Bay because Green Bay is garbage. And um, and Aaron Rodgers is prickly. Shout out Trent once again. So you're going with the the Lions. I'm going to take the Bears. I very rarely in my... Uh, short 21, almost 22 years of life on this planet, have watched the Detroit Lions and the Honolulu Blue play well at Soldier Field. I just don't have any good memories of this team in Soldier Field. The Bears are weird. They're up and down. They're bad, but the Lions are worse. And this just does not, to me, feel like a game that, this is a game that I'm going to get to watch. I haven't been able to sit down and watch a Lions game in probably four weeks, and not that I've wanted to. Um, And there are better ways to spend your Sunday. Um, than subjecting yourself to this emotional stress and trauma. Like listening to MSU women's basketball at 3 o'clock, shameless <laughs> yes, plug, if you sir. feel inclined. WDBM, East Lansing, 88.9, impact89fm.org, slash listen live. Matt Merrifield, Marin Klein, bringing you women's basketball today at 3 o'clock. Um, but the Lions, uh, I don't, if I'm watching the Lions, only everything can go wrong. So that, for that reason, I'm taking the Bears at minus 2.5. Over to Liam. I'm going to take the Bears, so if I'm right, I'm happy, and if I'm wrong, I'm happy. Also because Justin Fields has been balling out. Um, the emotional pick. Yeah, and just I just want to – Justin Fields deserves a lot of credit. Ohio State quarterbacks get a bad rap, and Justin Fields might be the one to turn that around. I think he's going to be legit in the NFL. We'll see. Vikings at Bills. This should be a good game. Um, 
It's in Buffalo, minus six and a half for the Bills. We know Kirk at one o'clock. We've talked about it. And it's worked out very well for us that have gone with that pick this year. But it's on the road against the best team in the NFL and perhaps the best quarterback in Josh Allen. Six and a half is a big number for me, though. I think the Bills win this game, but I think it's by three or four. So give me the Vikings on the line. And too bad the Bills couldn't beat Matt and I's lock of the week, who isn't playing this week. Unfortunately, <laughs> this week, um, J E T S Jets Jets Jets. Uh, I'm I'm gonna go Buffalo only if and Alan's Alan playing. He is playing. He is playing today, which I'm very happy about because I have Bills money line in my parlay. I think Buffalo wins this one. I do think it's close, but I think Buffalo wins by seven. Slokes taking the Bills now. The leader in the clubhouse, Matt Merrifield. Uh, six and a half is a lot of points. And it's one o'clock on it's a Sunday. It's a bunch of it, points. It's a lot of points. And I'm going to take the Vikings to cover. The Bills did not look good last week. I mean, I think they'll bounce back and win, but Allen's not 100%. I know that. So, What kind of celebration does Kirk Cousins pull if they win this one? He's oh. been, he went with the chains, and then Dude, he went chains with no shirt. They're going to buff well, he went, him up he if went, they win this He game. went one chain, and then he went multiple, or a couple chains, and then he got yeah. everyone's chain on and watches. Dude, and, maybe the funniest soundbite of the whole year is Kirk talking about how powerful he felt when he put on a chain and how, how that made him feel emotionally as a human dog. being. It's hilarious. All that being said, Josh Allen's better. Bills are better. They're going to cover. All right, Broncos at Titans, another home favorite. The Tennessee Titans minus two and a half against Danger Russ and the Broncos. Um, I can't bet for Russell Wilson. I I can't make that pick. I give me the Titans. I don't even have any confidence in that, but I can't do it. The Broncos are bad. Give me Derrick Henry and the Titans. I I think I'm not kidding. I think Derrick Henry might rush for 200 today. I believe it. And he's going to score two touchdowns, and it's going to be 14 nothing. <laughs> oh, uh, whatever the under in this game is, take it mm-hmm. and give me the Titans minus two and a half. Yeah, it's going to be fourteen nothing. Seven, guys... Seventeen three final. Liam, are I you going to make me grab the, get, the broom, get, or are I, you going to go with the horses uh, here? I get that Tannehill is back, but did you see they have no receivers? Tannehill sucks, and they have the worst receiving core in the NFL. One of the worst receiving cores I've ever seen in the NFL. Give me the Broncos. I think that uh, I just I think the Titans. I mean, their their record's decent. They play really hard. They just don't have any talent outside of Derrick Henry on the on the offense. Liam goes with the horsies. Jags at Chiefs in Kansas City. Minus nine and a half uh, for the Chiefs. Uh, You know, the Jaguars have been weird this year. I feel like we've had a lot of games that have been big lines for the Jaguars. And they've either won or have covered. And I have no confidence that they're going to do that in this game. Kansas City is the third best team in the NFL behind Buffalo and Philadelphia. Mahomes, you can make the argument, like we said with Josh Allen, MVP. is the best quarterback. He is. But the Jags, man, they just keep doing it to me. I have to pick them one of these times. The Chiefs are going to win this game. They're going to win it by a touchdown, though. The Jags keep it relatively close. They're going to cover 9.5. I'm so out on the Jaguars. I do not like Doug Peterson. Trevor Lawrence is a solid young Doug quarterback. Doug Peterson wears a nice ring, though. He wears a yeah he does along with Carson Wentz he also, <laughs> and, and Nick Foles, and Nick Foles. So. he also wears a nice visor on well, a weekly you like basis. a visor guy I you know what I like it on a head coach I think it's out there especially if you're going to be in Jacksonville like you got to embrace that that everyone in Florida all they care about is golfing 
That's um, fair. Yeah, he's so, like, he's like the the. I think he's good. I think he, he's much better fit than Urban Meyer. He, he could oh, be. Yeah. He could That's be. On, he could be on an early retirement home brochure. You know, with, yeah. the, with that visor. Who, who wears it better, Lincoln Riley or Doug Peterson? Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley rocks the. Well, visor Doug Peterson has a Super Bowl ring, so maybe. Yeah, maybe maybe but, Doug. Uh, yeah, I'm going with the. Uh, I'm going with the Chiefs. They're gonna blow. Them. They didn't play well last week. They'll bounce back. Liam. Oh my bad. I'm gonna go with the Chiefs. Yeah. Uh, Mahomes MVP, like I said. So um, just, I think Mahomes has been the best quarterback in the league this year. Um, watching him is just ridiculous because he makes plays that I know it's always like a meme on Twitter that uh, Mahomes gets too much coverage um, and his highlights get blown out of proportion. But I mean, he he's so impressive to watch every week. And um, yeah, like you guys said, I don't trust the Jags at all. Trevor Lawrence is going to be good. He's not great right now. I'm going to go Jags. Why not? That's it. That, right, that, cool. Yeah, <laughs> incredible analysis. I, 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 I mean, I don't really have an analysis. I think Kansas City wins this game. I just don't know if they win by over ten. Um, it is an Arrowhead, though. Yeah, you know what? I'll I'll take Trevor Lawrence to cover. I, I think say, you said Jags. I think I think it might be like a, a forty. <laughs> no take it might be. <laughs> no I, think, take no take I think it might be like a forty thirty one game. Wow. Yeah, Dude. that's crazy. That would be a cover. That would be. Yeah. Uh, moving on, Browns at Dolphins. Uh, the Dolphins minus three and a half at home. Um, never, ever, 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 ever going to bet on the Browns. Never going to root for them. Never going to cheer for them. Never going to be happy for them. Give me the Dolphins. Fins up. That's it. I mean, the Browns are coming off a bye. Blech. But he's not back yet. Who Deshaun? Yeah, I would be less many, inclined. How many to weeks? Take this is we. That's what I'm saying. Oh, he's yeah. not back this yet. This is week so. ten, so he's we've got. This is their weeks. last game without him. Yeah, oh, yeah. he'll be back next week That'll against week. Houston. Me, so remind me to throw idea. my TV yeah. out. Give me the really, really. Me the, co- it's a big coincidence that he's back against the Texans. Give me the right, fish, honestly. Give me the fish. Yeah, Dolphins. He's taking the fins. All right, Liam. I'll ride with you guys. Okay, we got the we got the brooms out. Our first broom of the day. I don't even know what the line was. Taking the Dolphins minus three and a half. Um, Texans at Giants. We were just talking about the Texans. They'll take on the Browns next week, uh, and I'm totally betting and cheering and rooting for them. Um, at the G-Men, though, minus four and a half. Uh, totally give me the Giants. This is easy, for sure. Houston's so bad. Give me the Giants. It hurts me, but give me the Giants. Shout out Cam. This is not he, a football game if yeah, anyone wants to watch. Even though, well, I guess he he's Cam. Cam's really all over there. Did live in New York, is from Dallas. Hates the Cowboys, is a Giants fan. So. Stars fan, too. Yeah, so he's really out there. But, yeah, no, shout out Cam. I'll, I'll ride with the Giants. He also roots for every Texas football college football team. Yeah, he loves North Texas. He loves North Texas. He was rooting for TCU and Baylor last year. Oh, night. he doesn't like... Uh, he doesn't like the Longhorns. Well, who does? Horns down, He, he likes Oklahoma winning that series. <laughs> Anyways, um... Giants are coming off a bye at home against a garbage Texans team. Give me the Giants. Saw that coming. I agree, and this is the last year. Davis Mills will be a starter, which is sad. No, it falls. Oh, my God. He's so bad. Yeah, Davis Mills is elite. Yeah, you're right. He's going to be the court. CJ Stroud's going to look great in Houston. He might be be good somewhere else, but... Indy? I wouldn't hate that. Yeah, he's going. To, actually, they're going to get. Wait, like, where is the indie pick on here? I'm excited for that one. It's coming up. It's okay. coming up. We're getting there. Uh, our first home dogs of the pick'em this week. Saints are favored by a whole point uh, on the road at Pittsburgh. I don't think that's enough. Pittsburgh is really bad. So and, is so is New Orleans. And, and I mean, like, is this going to be the first losing season in like Mike Tomlin history as yes. as the yeah. Pittsburgh head coach? Probably. Yeah. 
Um, He's not getting nine. I think their only chance is that they win this game, which they won't. So uh, give me the Saints at minus one. Saints are terrible. Jameis is completely— They're both really bad. Jameis is healthy, and he's just eating dubs on the sideline. Um, So I'm— it I'll, makes you think he's probably not that good at football, you know? That or he, he really Yeah, but Andy yeah. Dalton sucks. <laughs> yeah. The I, red rifle. I don't, the horn frogs. I think they're I don't I think they're trying to lose on purpose. Won the Rose Bowl, by the way. I don't think they are. Are they tanking this? They they've got that division they've sucks. Got three they, wins okay. already. I don't they're not they're already it's one more than week, the Lions. It's week nine. <laughs> right. That's yeah. my point though. Give me give me the Steelers. I uh, Wow. Yeah, right. they're both so bad. I don't know. They're, they're bo- Kenny P- are you are you are you picking this as a tie? Can we do that? I mean, that, that would they would if they that tie, would, you'd be a Steelers, Steelers cover. cover. Yeah. Yeah, okay. It's going to okay. be Okay. It's going to be 3. It's going to be 6-3. <laughs> All right. Um both these teams suck. They're like the same team. Both have solid defenses, but their offenses can't move the football even though they have great running backs, but the Saints played on Mon- the Saints played on Monday night. The Steelers are coming off the bye at home. Give me the Steelers as much as I don't want to. You love Minka you, Fitzpatrick's out. That's huge. Uh, it I do, it's Andy Dalton. Yeah, he sucks. He, I know, he can't but, really throw the ball I mean, all Fitzpatrick, that Fitzpatrick, Kenny can't either. Minka Fitzpatrick is their second best player on their team. And TJ Watt's back, though, isn't he? Yeah. So, But I'm saying he's, a, I know. he's a, other than TJ Watt, he's the this, best player. This is going to be a 13-10 final. Everybody's going to hate themselves for those that watch. I still think I, I'm still sticking with 6-3. But the thing is, is the Saints. The Saints aren't even out of their out. Like they're yeah, like they're two good. games out of the the. They're going to be a six-win team. Coming I know, out but, the NFC but these South. games still matter. They might they be do. three and six, but they still matter. Uh, game in Germany just went final as well. Twenty-one sixteen. Bummer. Gunslinging Gino. I thought I would throw that out there. Appreciate you. I said Saints. Gotcha. Didn't hear that. Um, here we go, Matt. Uh, we already know where you're going to go. Colts pass. at Raiders. <laughs> uh, he pass. Said pass. Uh, the the three five and one Indianapolis Colts head to Las Vegas to take on the two and six uh, Vegas Raiders at four oh five on CBS. Uh, Both teams fired their coaches this week. Oh, who's going to get the bump? Who's going to get the bump? There, I think I saw when I was looking a, a little uh, when I was when I was doing some research for Gambling Corner, which is coming up. Um, right here in about 11 minutes. Um, when I was doing some research for Gambling Corner, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, at one point there was a line for Sam Ellinger, 0.5 passing touchdowns. That You're probably correct. <laughs> Take the under. <laughs> I All right, last week I said that, or make your pick first, go ahead. I'm going to make, the, I'm, I'm just going to go with the favorite. Take the Raiders. The Ra- All right, the Raiders suck, number one. The Colts suck too, but... All right, last week I said that the Colts wouldn't get 100 yards of total offense. They got 120. That's wow. how bad they played last week. Um, but Jeff Saturday's here. Yeah, what yeah. the hell is I, honest, I honestly think— From from uh, get up to the NFL, pretty cool. His, I think the Colts either win out or they lose out. I, there is no in-between, and I think Jeff Saturday's going to mess around and win. Oh, my goodness. And it starts today. The Raiders suck. Jonathan Taylor is kind of healthy. And it's a center running the uh, center is the head coach. So they're going to run the football. They're going to run the damn ball, which Frank Reich refused to do. Give me the Colts. They're going to Colts money line. Okay, <laughs> okay. I'm I'm going to go with the Raiders. Um, I know no one cares about my fantasy team, but I did play Deion Jackson last week, and he got me like four points. So I'm out on the Colts for the rest of the year. Give me the Raiders. I mean, they hired a. They hired a dude who has virtually no coaching experience. What are you talking about? He coached high school. Yeah, whatever. Do you see Joe? Uh, <laughs> Joe Thomas went off on 
on that hiring. Do you guys see that? No. He said he said Jim Hurse, Jim Ursay hired his drinking buddy to be the head football coach. <laughs> and guess what? They're on, gonna, they're gonna mess television. around and win out. No, I'm gonna go with the Raiders. They're gonna that's, win the South. I mean, I, I like Jeff Saturday. I'm rooting for him, but that's a ridiculous hire. I, Frank, I mean, can't get any worse than what it was. I guess that's true. But the battle of hateable quarterbacks: the Cowboys and Dak Prescott are favored by four points at prickly Aaron Rodgers and the prickly Packers. Um, you can I can, can I, I abstain? Can I, can I make a comment on this? Yeah. Did you just compare the hateableness of Dak Prescott to Aaron Rodgers? I think they're two you're of out the of arguably your, most hateable quarterbacks in the league. You're out of your mind. If Dak Prescott played for any other team other than the Cowboys, everyone would love him. Well, yeah, but Give that's me the, the thing, Cowboys, though. buy a billion, the Packers stink. Wow. Can I like pass on this one? I really don't want to bet on either of these teams. You can bet a push. <laughs> Four points. <laughs> I'm doing that. I'm going I'm to take a push. I'm going out on a if limb you hit, If you hit on a push, I'll give That's two points. That's, that's two wins? All that's right, two. Deal. deal. That's, that's two. Fair. If you hit on a push, that's two. Matt? Packers suck. Dak Prescott, good. Cowboys, good football team. Packers Zeke not a, out. He's always not playing today. It doesn't matter. Tony Pollard's better. Packers. He literally uh, so he's better. Remember they, they, last they, time they, we they, said this? Tony Pollard had four they, touchdowns they, they, after they, I said this. They, the Zeke's, last time. Zeke's the they're, goal they're, line they're back. different backs. Oh I, yeah, one's worse take, and one's better. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyways, I'm taking the Cowboys. They're going to win big in Lambeau. Sorry, Jacob Phillips, L, L owner of of the of the Packers. That's true. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to take the Cowboys. They're um, one of the better teams in the best division in football right now. So, and the Packers just got shut down by one of the worst defenses in the NFL. Jerry Jacobs was strapping up um, those Packers receivers. So. Two years ago, who would have thought we would be saying the NFC East is the best division in football? Honestly, the it's, NFC at least. I have a correction to me. make. Um, so. Lovely Twitter now. You can buy your own verification. So I was duped. Josh McDaniels is still employed by I the Raiders. Say, yeah. I realize now that the account that tweeted that changed it to Schefter and had the verified. Uh, uh, so Schefter shout, had to tweet, out, shout out Twitter. Schefter but, had to tweet and say that and like confirm that McDaniels that, is still there. Yeah. I can't believe you believed in what you thought was an Adam Schefter tweet in the first place. I, yeah. <laughs> Those are never correct. I, uh, I don't know. Anyways. Moving on. He comes from that school down the road, in case you were wondering. Cardinals at Rams, minus three. A little preview here for the gambling corner from yours truly. Um, minus three? Uh, I think the Cardinals probably cover this. I bet the Rams are going to win um, if I had to make a pick. But the Cardinals cover three. This is a close game. They just The Rams are only getting uh, the three points for the home field advantage. So over to Slowick. I'm thinking about going push on this. I'm not going to. I'm going to take the Rams. Wild today. I'm going to take the Rams. I like said it earlier. I won't pick Kyler Murray or the Cardinals to cover or win a. You're over game. there talking with a losing record, man. You got to go out on a limb at some point. Oh, well, let's let you guys do it. I'll, I'll claw my way back. Okay, we'll see. Uh, hopefully, if the Cardinals lose today, Cliff Kingsbury will not be employed anymore because best be coach in the NFL. Seven. <laughs> so that's what I'm hoping for. Man, the Rams suck too. I know, and I want the Lions to get a good draft pick. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna pick against the Cardinals for the first time all year. They'll probably win now, but give me the Cardinals or give me the Rams to cover. I'm gonna go the Cardinals, and I hate picking the Cardinals here. I just don't think the Rams are great. You want that higher draft pick? Oh, I do, and the offensive line is rough. Stafford's banged up. Cooper Cups are only legitimate threat hey, hey, offensively. Allen Robinson's looks good. Cooper Cups are only legitimate threat offensively. <laughs> uh, give me the Cardinals. Oh, uh, actually, I need to change my pick. Stafford's not playing. Give me, give me the Cardinals. Whoa. That is that is that is factor. That is decision. That is changing. decision changing. Whoa. I'm gonna go push. 
Real push. That's why I said he's banged up. I didn't know he was on breaking news. Slowick switched to push, and Merrifield goes from Rams to Cardinals. Slowick was Rams. I'm gonna. St- I'm, I'll what stay. Ca- switch, I'll stay Cardinals. I switch, switch to Rams. To Rams. I want to do it. You <laughs> said it back. Yeah, give me the Rams. <laughs> okay, Liam goes with we the, Rams to the Rams without yeah. Frat Matt. Woodford is gonna. Yeah. You think? Oh god. I don't know. I just. I'm. I've lost anyway, so I might as well get weird. The battle of the two beauties, Justin Herbert and Jimmy Garoppolo, Chargers at 49ers. The red and gold men are favored by seven and a half at home. Um, are the Chargers any good? I guess. I'll take the Chargers to cover a touchdown. I'm not huge on the 49ers, but man, is Christian McCaffrey a very, very good football player. He sure is. Seven and a half is so many push no i'm just kidding <laughs> um, i'll uh I'll, I'll i'll take the niners i don't like it but i'll i'll do it maddie ice jimmy oh, g i love to he's screaming at you he's begging he's looking at you with I, those dreamy eyes right now i can i can't take the seven and a half there's no way trey lance getting traded in the offseason question i don't know what they're gonna do at quarterback i saw somebody say tom brady's gonna be their quarterback Ew. Next year. He, i'm like gross he wants to go he's always wanted to go I, there Gross. So does Aaron uh, Rodgers. So Matt's taking George, the bolts. I'm taking the bolts to cover. They, uh, yeah, give me that. I'll take the Niners. Good defense, Chris McCaffrey. We finish it off Good with the reason. Monday, the Monday night game, and coincidentally, the biggest line of the entire week. Um, I'm going to be doing something else on Monday night. I won't be watching this game. <laughs> Commanders at Eagles minus eleven. Uh, I. 11's a lot, but like I think they win this game by 21. Give me the Eagles. 100%. Best team in the NFL. Undefeated. Who's playing quarterback go for the, the Commanders at the moment? Is it still Heineke? Yes. Does yeah. it matter? Give me the Eagles. <laughs> I just wanted to know. Anybody could have said any name there, and you were going to say the Eagles. Well, it was him or Carson Wentz. <laughs> <laughs> that dude's a winner. Matthew. He's got a ring. I'm talking about Heineke. It's Taylor. I can't pick against Taylor Heineke. 11 is too many points for a primetime game. Indiv- a rivalry game on Monday night, 11 is too is, many What points. is this idea that primetime games are close? Have you because watched the primetime yeah, games this year? Yeah, they're not very good. Right. Yeah, they've been like 16 to 6. Did you watch the last Monday night? What, what was that? The, the Ravens and Saints? That was like 32 14 or something. 27 13. But like Baltimore's good and New Orleans isn't. No, I know, but that's, the Eagles but, are good and the Commanders aren't. Yeah, but Baltimore might be the best has team. There the been, has there I, been a legit good primetime game this year? Other than Chargers Chiefs, which was twenty seven twenty three uh, in like week two, that Thanksgiving really wasn't Lions that good. Bills is going to be a shootout. Has been, <laughs> <laughs> not will be. Uh, I, oh, I'm going to take the Commanders. Okay, I agree. Go, go your, I agree. The Commanders people kind of wrote them off, and you they're reap still what not you great. Sow. But they've they've been playing better since the first two or three weeks of the season. They got four wins, I believe. Four and five against eight. No, you're taking the Commanders. Not to win, to cover. Yeah. Okay, that's Liam fair. Get, Liam gets it. Matt, are you taking him to win? Oh, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's another edition of our favorite NFL pick We'll update you on the standings. Come next Sunday, coming up, everybody's favorite at 1237. We've got the gambling corner, and then we'll finish the show with in or out. Stick around for the Green White Report. Hello, and welcome back to the Green and White Report. It is time for a very special first edition of this season on the Green and White Report, The Gambling Corner, a, a debut segment that made its 
uh, appearance on the airwaves last year thanks to our very own Maddie Ice, Matthew Merrifield, resident Houston Astros supporter. Uh, and so with that, so how this goes, for those of you that are unaware, uh, each of us are going to give three picks, three bets. We try to stay away from the mundane money lines and spreads and whatnot because we do all those. We talk about those. So we give you the, the, the interesting ones. Uh, three picks for each of us. We're going to start with the godfather, the granddaddy of them all, Matt Merrifield, to go first. Matt, what's your first pick this week? First one, a uh, little CFL playoff action. Wow. <laughs> when I said go. not mundane, that is not what I meant. <laughs> Last year, I kept on pulling Davidson out of my bag against like rich the fighting foster lawyers. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, first pick, CFL playoffs. The Montreal Alouettes travel to Toronto to take on the Argonauts. It's been a close series all year. Montreal, used, their quarterback used to be Johnny Manziel. Just a quick shout-out. So I'm taking them to cover the three-and-a-half against the Argonauts this afternoon. Alouettes might be the best mascot in all of sports. What There's a lot of good ones what in, even in is the that? CFL. I don't know what an well, Alouette is. I have a great mascot for my first pick Yeah, well. you're going to the ice. I am going to the ice, and I'm also going to stick with a Canadian team involved here. I'm going to go Seattle Kraken at home. I'm taking their money line versus the Winnipeg Jets. They're and I was really debating this one because I was thinking about taking the spread. They're favored by one and a half. That's a lot of points. I think they squeaked this one out in overtime. That's another sneaky pick. Ooh. Bet on that one going to OT. OT, yes. But I got the crack in winning, minus 145 in Seattle. I'm going to keep it on the football field to start, um, but we're going with the NFL uh, Kyler Murray, it looks like he's going to play, but he's officially listed as questionable uh, against the Rams today. They also have six O-linemen on their injury report that range from unspecified to questionable to out. Um, James Conner came back and played last week, but I still don't think he's 100% either. Um, and Matthew Stafford being out has nothing to do with my bet. Rams defense, anytime touchdown at plus 700, yes, Please, thank you very much. See you next time. Liam. Uh, I feel like we don't talk about the NBA enough on here, so I'll bring some I NBA. got you. I got you yeah. on my next one, too. NBA action. I got the Nuggets uh, covering two and a half at the Bulls. Uh, the Nuggets were my pick to go to – one of my picks to go to the Western Conference Finals at the beginning of the year. Um, and Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray are kind of finding their groove. Also, I just kind of wanted to use this talk about Bones Highland. He might be my favorite non-piston in league. That dude just comes off the bench in his second year and just gets buckets. All he does is throw up shots. So, um, yeah, give me the give me the the Nuggets over the Bulls. I right. was having a conversation with someone yesterday about the top five players in the NBA. Where do you put Nikola Jokic? Three or four. Okay. I I think Giannis. That's honestly someone wait, I forgot about when we were having that discussion. Giannis, Luka, Jokic, right now. Yeah, and, and I, I would like. Katie's where does right? Damian Lillard fit in? Six, seven to twelve. Twelve. Wow, uh, that's disrespectful. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna need Liam at this seven time to 12. plug your podcast real quick that you do. Oh yeah, Courtside Convo comes out every week on Friday. Fantastic. Liam uh, Jackson, AJ Evans, Josh Gutbra, Jack Moreland, Carter Fry, Carter Fry as well. You guys do a fantastic. Yeah, job. no, deserves the plug. Deserves if you want your plug, NBA yeah. talk and you feel like listening to Courtside Convo, please do so. Yeah. We got an episode coming out today, right? Yeah, it usually comes out on Friday. Um, this one's a little bit late. We'll be on Sunday, but most of the time Friday around one or two p.m. It'll be out. Love it. Uh, the second pick, also in the CFL playoffs. <laughs> oh, <laughs> riding with the CFL. The, the BC Lions 
take on the Winnipeg Blue the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, also another great nickname. Yes. The Blue Bombers have won. I want to see what that logo looks like. Have won two straight Grey Cups, which is the Super Bowl and the CFL. For those that don't know, the over under line is set at forty nine and a half. We hammer overs here on the Gambling Corner. Uh, the BC Lions are starting quarterback is Nathan Rourke, the Maple Missile. He's part of the Canadian version of the Manning family for quarterbacks. His brother's at Ohio right now, I believe. So give me the over. How many CFL games do you watch per year? Probably three. <laughs> <laughs> That's more than more than I can say, though. Slowick's second pick. My second pick, I'm going to go a little bit a little bit into a boring game or what I think is going to be a boring game. It's the Giants versus Houston. I did pick the Giants to win that one. But I'm going to go over two and a half rushing touchdowns. Good odds on it. They keep on changing, so I don't have a definitive one. But I think Damian Pierce gets in the end zone once. I think Danny Dimes gets in the end zone. And I think Saquon gets in the end zone. So I'm going to go over two and a half rushing touchdowns in that one. You think all three of them score one? Or like Saquon gets two? I think all of them have a chance to get at least one. Danny Dimes, that's interesting. Danny Dimes can scramble. He can he can move. So can so, Kurt Cousins. Yeah. So can Kurt uh, at only at one o'clock. Yes, that's but true. I'm gonna go over two and a half rushing touchdowns in that one. I'm gonna follow Liam to the hardwood for my second one. The line or the the odds on this one are at minus one hundred eight. Uh, Jazz at 76ers. The Utah Jazz, astonishingly, um, despite the loss to the Wizards last night, uh, have been one of the best teams in the NBA over the last thirty days. They're now ten and five. Larry um, Markin in a baller. Yeah, leading them in scoring with twenty three. Former Chicago Bull Larry Markin. And shout out to Jake Urban, friend of the program. Um, but they've been one of the best teams in the NBA. Uh, they had won seven of their last ten before last night. Philly had lost three of five, even though they beat Atlanta. Uh, both are playing on a back-to-back, and Philly is at home. Um, but when I caught it, it was at three and a half. It's now gone down to three, which kind of uh, helps my point, I guess. Uh, but Jazz plus three at Sixers, I think not only do the Jazz cover, I think they probably win this game. Um, despite what you may say with them getting rid of Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell is an MVP candidate right now. Um, but the Jazz have just been exceptional, and i got to ride with the hot hand right now. Give me the Jazz at plus three. I like it. They might be winning too much, though. Uh, they got to either go all in or calm they have down. to sustain, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm going to go with Justin Fields over for rushing yards, 62-and-a-half, uh, and this dude is 11th in the league in rushing, not just in quarterbacks, out of any player. Um, it's just a ridiculous last month for Justin Fields. He had a rush over 62 yards, I believe, for a touchdown last week. Pump fake in the air, got two defenders up, and then he showed off his 4-4 speed. It's crazy it took them a year and a half to realize that um, they're, that the Bears can call plays like the uh, like the Ravens do for Lamar because Justin Fields is that kind of talent. Um, and the Lions, uh, Rodrigo's out. Their linebackers have been less than impressive this year. Um, even if they do have a spy on him, I just think that Fields gets out of the pocket and he's going to at least have 60, over 63 yards. Slowick, your third and final pick. See, I, my original one was I was going to take Jalen Hurts rushing yards, but I think that one's kind of boring. So I'm going to go to the hardwood as well. The line isn't out just yet, but this Tuesday, Eastern Michigan plays Bradley. And the only bet that I care on is Imani Bates' total points 
find the line, whatever it is, smash the over. It's, a it's 27 against Michigan. I, I guarantee his line's going to be like 19 and a half total points. I think he easily puts up 25 a game playing for the Eagles. So find Imani Bates, smash his over on total points all year long. He is that guy. And Shadow Hunter Dickinson flexing after scoring a bucket on people who are a foot shorter than him. If there's a sports book out there giving individual player lines for Mac basketball. Yep, against Bradley. Let me know, because I would love to know what <laughs> sportsbook is actually setting that. You find it, and you you message one of us on Twitter, and not many of us actually put money on games, because all of us are pretty poor. Are but, broke college kids. Yeah, we're broke college kids. Some of us kids, are 21, but, so. But the money that I do have, I'll put on Imani Bates over whatever the amount that they're setting the line at. Imani Bates, back in Ypsilanti, where he's originally from, um, and playing like he did back in high school as a Ypsilanti Lincoln rail splitter. That's their mascot. Absolutely love it. I have so much hatred for that school. the other school he went to? The uh, Ypsilanti oh, Bates, Prep or yeah, Bates. Ipsy Prep or whatever, yeah. Bates Academy. Yeah, that's that doesn't count. But he was a he was a rail splitter back when I hated him because he beat U of D Jesuit at, well, not he, but his team, beat oh, them he, at the buzzer. Yeah, he no, he didn't because he didn't even touch the ball in the final play. It was a bad shot from Amari Fry and then rebounded by Jalen Fisher, and then he scored at the buzzer, and I had to announce it live as the broadcaster for my high school team, and I'm traumatized by it. So we're and not going to talk, of, a lot we're of those guys talk about for it the anymore. Eagles. We're not, yeah, that's true. We're not going to talk about about it anymore though uh, but my third and final pick um wednesday night maction rivalry the game Mac. the broncos and the chips western michigan heads to mount pleasant to take on central um this line the over under has dropped which also favors my point again when i first saw it it was at 55 and a half at minus 110 odds uh western averages 20 points a game central averages 27 both of these teams are just very bad football teams this is definitely 100% a low-scoring, ground-and-pound, four yards in a cloud of dust, Maction rivalry game in the middle of the week on a Wednesday night. No way they hit this over. Give me under 55-and-a-half. Absolutely, that game's Wednesday at 8 p.m. if you want to watch. You underestimate the craziness that is Maction. I, I understand that. But this is a rivalry game of two in-state Michigan teams that this is going to be like 20 to 17. Will there be a fight in the tunnel after this game, too? I don't even know if Western has a tunnel. <laughs> Liam, you've been to fight on the courtyard. Right? They, they have a hill. They have a hill. Their stadium's actually a pretty good cool spot. It's a nice stadium. Because it's down in the bowl. Or Waldo. It is a bowl. It's Waldo Stadium. Liam, yeah. you're. We're, never mind. I'm about to make a bad joke. <laughs> <laughs> Liam, you're back to the association for your final pick. I am. And I talked about Bones Highland being one of my favorite non Pistons. My favorite, my actual favorite non Piston, Shea Gildress Alexander. Um, just at this point, it's just a star. I mean, it's not. It's not. Um, he's not an up and coming star. He's just a star. He's averaging over thirty and a half points a game this year. Um, they're playing at the Knicks. He's, his. I'm. Getting, I'm taking his over in points, twenty seven and a half. Um, this dude can get to the basket better than basically anybody in the league. He um, analytically is the best driver in the NBA. Um, now he's t- kind of mixing in that step back. Does he have any parking tickets? Speeding tickets? I don't know. <laughs> Bad joke. <laughs> Oh, good one. All right, um, but yeah, SGA. The I I hope the Thunder can turn it around soon, so he doesn't request a trade out of there. Because I want to see him play with Chet uh, once Chet's healthy. But if he were to request a trade, Toronto, he goes back home. That would be a perfect fit for him. So 
just wanted to uh, Shay's going for 30 today I like it Matt the Godfather so, with the final pick of our of our first edition of Gambling Corner this year. So I came into this morning with my first two CFL picks planned. Yes. This one literally came to me about five minutes ago after we talked about West Coast Bas- Conference basketball Ooh, earlier. Ooh, the WCC. It's the WCC American East Challenge. Uh, wow. You have the MTE. Is, you have, you have multi-team events early in college you basketball. Have the New Jersey Institute of Technology. They're 0-2. They blow. They did beat Michigan. They'll never forget about I'll, that. I'll never forget <laughs> that game. Uh, they're traveling to San Diego. Go Toreros. Oh, San yeah. Diego is 2-0 and on the air. They're favored by 16 and a half. Their leading score. Hold on. Let me find it. Their leading score is Sigu Siho Jawara. I did not pronounce that right, but he is averaging 19 and a half points a game. San Diego is going to cover the 16 and a half. That's, that's blow out the New Jersey bigger. Institute of Tech. Yes, I think I tra- traveling out to the West Coast is tough, especially on a Sunday in the middle of November. <laughs> Matt, I like it. That's I why like he's betting on college basketball in the middle of November is Dude, a wild. West. We are going to get into some college basketball in these next few weeks, and I'm so excited for it. We talked about it a little bit earlier. We have a great season of college basketball in store, uh, and much more gambling corner to come with it. Uh, a fantastic first segment. Thank you so much. Uh, for joining us, 1-800-270-7117. If you have a gambling problem or addiction or want help, uh, you can call that number. Uh, Running out of show, which means we've got to get to the in or out. Um, So so this first one um, has an interesting story to go along with it, as did kind of last week. The story comes from the same friend of the program, Zach Alabakoff. Shout out. Um, We are in college. And we consume liquids. If you're of age, some of them are alcoholic. If you're not, hopefully they're not. Um, but there is are many events and games and different things you can do when drinking. And one of those games, so to speak, a favorite, a, a college fan favorite, is rattling bong. I wish we had music. I would play it. Honestly, out of the break. yeah. It, is it rattling bong or rattling bog? I honestly I don't know. It's bog. I believe it's bog. Is it bog? B-O-G. Okay. So rattling bog. And it's a song in which, for those of you that don't know, it just kind of repeats the chorus over and over, and it gradually just gets longer. And you're supposed to just start to drink when the chorus starts, and you stop when you stop. And by the time the song's over, which it's only like two and a half minutes, you've finished your drink, most likely. Um, And it's only a song that I have ever in my entire life heard while actively at a party, a tailgate, a bar, whatever, Um, and you, you drink to it. My roommate Zach told me this story that happened recently where he was driving a coworker home after something. I don't know. They were getting food or after work or whatever. And his coworker requested on the drive home <laughs> that he play Rattlin' Bog in the car. Yeah, that's, on the drive home. That's a strange take. What? With the way you typed this out, that's not what I thought you meant. I thought you meant like, oh, you're at a party and you're not drinking, and they want to play. I was like, yeah, I'm in. Like, let no. other people have fun, but like, just li- in the car. I listening mean. to Rattlin' Bog casually is the craziest thing I've ever heard of. Like, it's not. It's a fun song. It's upbeat. It's 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 like kind of catchy. But to just like like I picture like I picture this kid like in the shower just listening to Rattlin' Bog as he's just you know getting ready to go on a date or something. <laughs> like, I'm. Completely Completely out on listening to Rattlin' Bong casually. No I, way. That's I, so strange. I'll say that Rattlin' Bog is a very popular song of choice at uh, Redacted Gunson. Shout out yes. Nick and Hank during their tailgates. They play that a lot. Yes. Hey, Manny. Very frequently. Very frequently. When, when you are consuming adult beverages, it is fun and it gets the people going. But uh, casually, no, I can't do it. I'm out on it. May I say, I've, I've, this could make me seem 
old. Washed. Yeah. <laughs> the first time I ever heard this was this like during the Washington game this year. Wow. I had never heard and I was yelled at by friends at Western Michigan because I was not participating because I had no idea what was going on. You're just so confused <laughs> yeah. looking around like why is everyone drinking at the same time? Yeah, I was trying to hold a nice conversation with my friends and they're just ignoring me. <laughs> so but I found out yeah, I got yelled at, found out the hard way. But I thought it was a before I knew it was a, a like basically only for a drinking game, I was like, this is kind of a cool song. So I guess I'm in on it. I wow. would if someone would have played it in the car and I had no idea, I I might not have commented on it, but I wouldn't have I would have enjoyed it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm out. I don't. Uh, that's weird. You don't listen to Rattling Bong in your free time? No, you know, I have been. There, well, Tennessee was on the run. I was listening to Rocky Top pretty frequently. Oh, I love Rocky Top. I just yeah. saw I just saw a tweet notification from The Athletic that, that apparently there's a video from the Munich game that just ended of however many people singing Rocky, or, or not Rocky Top, um, Country Roads Take yeah. Me Home. Yeah. They said Westland, instead of West Virginia, it was like Westlandburg or something, wherever they're. Well, West Virginia, cool. West Virginia, do we know what quarterback in that game went to West Virginia? Gino. Gino. Smith. Gino. Even though, also, that song is about, the song, the song yeah. is about Western, Western, Western Virginia, Virginia. Not West Virginia. Yes, not West Virginia, which so is just crazy. The Mountaineers are frauds for yeah, playing Yeah, honestly. That. Fraudulent. Yeah. Our second in or out, uh, we do keep it in sports with this one. Um, scheduling, this is college basketball, Road rivalry games before December. I love it. Crazy to me. Villa, and, and we're, we're specifically referencing the Villanova Wildcats. Who Shout out Temple. Have, have since parted, well, not by their decision, but have since parted ways with Jay Wright. Um, so they're with a new head coach who I actually didn't figure out who it was. I asked that conversation because the three of us were watching that game for a little bit. Um, but 16th in the country, 1-0. They schedule a road rivalry game with Temple across the city in Philadelphia and sure enough, what happens? Temple's rocking. The Red Owls are, or the Owls are going crazy, and they lose that game. Villanova loses a bye game early in the season. Don't if you want to win the epitome of brutality. The, the epitome of brutality. <laughs> like Shout it. out John Rothstein, who I met. Before the Northern Arizona game uh, last week, so shout out Rothstein. Did you really? Yeah, I, cool. I went down there to talk to him. He's a nice guy. Um, I said, I said, hey, I'm a big fan of yours. He goes, well, that makes one. And I said, oh, that's that's yeah, that's, that's a good one. He's that's a funny. funny. Guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, don't do this. I like it. I get it. I mean, it's fun for Temple, not for Villanova. Not if you're a Villanova fan. Yeah, okay. I'm out. Temple hasn't won that game since 2007. So is that what that graphic said? Yeah. So it's not like Villanova pl- scheduled that game planning to go lose, considering they won the but last still, 14. still, man, you got to be careful. It's a rivalry game. Anything yeah, they won four, they've won 14 out of the last 15. The 15th time they lost. I, I like it. I think it gets your crowd involved early, and that place was bumping, and I'm sure there was a lot of Villanova fans because it's a 20-minute drive from Villanova's campus, if that. I, don't, I saw a lot of maroon in there. Yeah, or a lot of cherry probably. I would say it's cherry red, not maroon. It's like it's like almost Alabama, like crimsonish, like what, almost. What maroon. are we Is talking about? Temple. The color of Temple. <laughs> Good lord, yeah, Temple, um, Temple's a cherry. I would say uh, raspberry red. I'm, oh, there you go. I'm uh, I'm in for college basketball, out for college football. I think it's yeah. ridiculous to to schedule games like that in this climate of college football. College I basketball, I think it's great. I think it's great. Oh, yeah, like, you can, like, you can, uh, I mean, it's not a rivalry game, but <clears throat> Michigan State against Washington. Or Oregon or, against Georgia. Yeah. Or well, that's not road, but still. Or yeah, yeah but the, just scheduling not those home. games make no sense <laughs> right. because it doesn't like 
Like Notre Dame schedule, like yeah, well, Notre, Dame, Dame, Notre Dame has to do that, right? Though. In this day and age, though, you yeah. need all the wins you can get. Yeah, yeah. No, I I agree, but yeah, in college basketball, a, a, a loss in November isn't going to ruin that's your season. True. Where a, a loss in it, September for football, your season's true. done. In, in college basketball, you're rewarded for playing tough teams. In college football, you're penalized penalized for it, right? Oregon, I mean, doesn't matter. I can't make the playoff anymore, but. Lose, in college basketball, Oregon loses that game to Georgia. So if in college football you're penalized for playing tough teams, what are you for playing not tough teams? You're Michigan. rewarded for it. <laughs> you're not Michigan. Michigan. I mean, <laughs> and both of them, they're both rewarded for not playing very good teams. I mean, I mean TCU can't control who they play in conference, and their conference they, is still pretty they can, solid. Con, yeah, and they yeah. can control who they play. They out didn't of play anybody so. out of conference. They played Tarleton out of conference. Let's not get ahead of ourselves here. I mean Hawaii. No, I get it. In Colorado State. <laughs> Tarleton. I at least know UConn's where Hawaii is. eligible, I, though. I at least know where Hawaii is. I don't know where Tarleton you only know is. Where it is. <laughs> Tarleton's in Texas. Okay, there we go. Cam's a, Shout oh. out Cam McLaren. Uh, our final in or out as the show winds down. Uh, we talked about a little bit earlier um, visors. Slowick, you're a hat guy. Liam, you're a hat guy. Matt, you don't wear hats too much. Myself, I as wear well. hats all the yeah. time. He's just ready to go <laughs> yeah, call the game. Today, I'm I guess today the, you I'm look trying nice. to be professional. Yeah, you do usually have that green Michigan State hat on. Um, but where do we all sit on visors? I can't wear visors. I don't look good in them. But I see a lot of people who look good in visors, and I'm jealous. I wish I could wear a visor. I can't. Um, so I'm in on visors. I like visors. I'm visors are very situational. Golf course visors are awesome. On the sideline, coaching awesome. I don't think Even I've like ever seen you in a visor. Think, no, if, I've if, seen you if, once if in a visor. If I I've seen, if I saw someone just walking down the street to go to like the bar in a visor, yeah, that's, that that's that's a little strange. I'm in on visors, but I'm I'm more in on situational visors. I'm in okay. on backwards visors when you're playing seven on seven football. Backwards <laughs> that, and upside, upside down. down. Yeah. The visor is for seventy five degrees and higher. It's got to be that's fair. Nice summer day, not in November, unless the, unless you're coaching or on the golf even course. Then. Well, no, but like if you're golfing, it more than likely it's nice out one, two. Not if you're or if you're, or if you're driving a boat or whenever. something like that. Oh visors. yeah, Bo- boating but, but is I'm also a student of the game. Bucket hats, I think clear visors. I mean, where do you sit I on love visors? bucket hats? Uh, I'm leaning towards out. I don't know. I like you said. There's. I think if you can you can pull off a visor sometimes. Generally, I'm out on visors. Well, thank you all so much for tuning in to another fantastic edition of the Green and White Report. Stick around, tuned in to the airwaves on impact89fm.org or 88.9 FM as Matt Merrifield and Marin Klein, along with Zach Slowick, are going to bring us the women's basketball game coming up today at 3 o'clock. And stay tuned for WDBM Sports on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube for all your favorite Michigan State sports coverage. For Matt Merrifield, Liam Jackson, Zach Slowick, I am Brennan Shabath. Have a wonderful rest of your Sunday.